it is a beautiful Sunday evening here in our summertime time zone, uh, post daylight savings. Hope you're all feeling well after losing that hour of sleep. Mm. Um, I'm one of your hosts here, uh, Barry, joined as always by our ever dependable co-host. First of all, Joe. Hello. Are, are you still abiding by that all that time zone shite? I, I don't know. Is that a is that a qualifier of Brexit that you get to play no more of this? No, no. I think we came up with it. I mean, just, actually, I'm I'm wrong. The European Union for some reason wanted to stop doing that, but they gave yeah. up on that idea anyway. Someone wanted to do away with the idea, and they gave up on it. My understanding. I think a lot of people want to get rid of it, so we get lighter evenings in the winter. Yeah, basically. Um. It's funny, this is the first year um, in, in, I think, my entire life, or my entire life where I've had a phone where my mam hasn't texted me to say, don't forget to <laughs> fix the clocks, despite the fact that for the entire second half of my life, every every device I have that has a clock on it does it automatically. Um, I think she has finally twigged herself um, when, she, when she probably looked at her phone this morning and said, oh, it, it did it. Oh, oh. <laughs> I actually do not have a uh, like regular mechanical clock in this apartment. Mm. It is all um, digital. Digitalized. Um, so yeah. Anyway, also with us and also in our, our, our beautiful new uh, time zone, Paul Griffin. Hello. Uh, we don't have also a clock, or not also. What's the negative of also? <laughs> we either. Either. Yeah. yeah. We we. we Two have not clock. Um, <laughs> Natty doesn't like the ticking of a clock. It gives her anxiety. So anytime, like the apartment that we used to live in where we recorded our live video show mm. that had a mechanical ticking clock on the wall. So one of the yeah. first things we did when we moved in, take the batteries out of it. Because it did right. look nice. We left it on the wall, but it never showed the right time <laughs> because it wasn't working. Tick, tick. I do. I like a ticking clock. Um say my grandmother used to have one in her house a big like pendulum grandfather clock yeah and you, you just always had the in the background of it. it was very nice it's kind of quaint it is kind of like an, an old-timey sign of life as if there's a ticking yeah. clock somewhere and um, we don't have a clock although we do have a tick 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 that sounds identical to a clock uh brona has one of those from uh, like an asian supermarket one of the little kitties that goes like that to the oh. Uh, in lucky response cat to thing. Uh, lucky cat thing, in response mm. to sunlight, I believe it is. Okay. And and we do we have a lovely natural light filled apartment. Um, it's really nice. Um, supermarket. She goes there once once every now and then, and just go gets loads of ingredients, lots of great yeah. stuff for for dinners. But also, I I don't know if they, if if it's a rotation. They do have the odd kind of rare Japanese or Chinese trees. There's pockies and. Uh, yeah, 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 the yeah. Japanese Kit Kat flavor, so I love it when she goes there. But also, we, every time I walk past, all I notice is they have hundreds of those cats, and they're in the window. They're, it's like they're trying to come in and buy yeah, a cat, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're overstocked. Yeah, we go to the, uh, there's an Asian market in Dublin. Well, we go. We haven't been in about a year and a half. But uh, in Dublin City Centre and Georgia Street. And they sometimes will have nice, weird Oreo flavors. That's where I got the mm-hmm. uh, orange and mango flavored Oreos. Nice. Um, so keep an eye out for those. Um, we we still order from there. They do deliveries, so we get stuff ordered there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Your your MSG and this and that. Lovely. Love the MSG. Put it on a steak. Yum, yum. Yeah. That's that's made from seaweed. MSG. Do you know that? Is it? Mm. It is. 
I don't know anything about it other than like uh, television in the nineties. Like, like it was a recurring trope in television shows that it was bad for you. It was like racist. Yeah. And then I've since learned that that's like just some horrible antiquated racism <laughs> because Chinese people put it in food, therefore it had to be yeah. uh, demonized on some level. It's um, like salt. If you eat a lot of salt, that's going to be bad for you. If you eat a lot of MSG, yeah. it's probably bad for you, but it's no yeah. different to like sodium chloride or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But there's always been those stories. I remember one time my mom telling me that she had read somewhere that Rice Krispies gave you cancer. <laughs> <laughs> well, God forbid. I mean, that would be the end of it. Uh, but that was really the point where I was like, hey, look, everything is going to give me cancer in this, right? If you eat enough of it, if you eat nine tons, <laughs> you'll get it. I like, eat a lot. Just going up to like a charity bake sale and going, I hope you appreciate the irony of these little cancer buns you're selling here. Um, oh yeah. Anyway, lads, how's, uh, how's life got been? this week um i so, to, to the shock of no one i don't have a whole lot but i will say i made a purchase this week um, quite an interesting purchase you and surprised not, me no <laughs> um what else is new not, not 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 anything not any anything too extravagant to the princely sum of 11 euro hmm. um similar to our clock discussion here's a little bit of a throwback i bought a television aerial um, okay. To, do they uh, still do free-to-air TV in Ireland? Did I shut that down when they launched Serview? It's weird. It's it's yeah, but Serview, you can't just do Serview with the internet. Um, yeah, you need a box for it. Right? You need you need a box, or you can get an aerial. Okay. Um, so it's it's it's. I don't know the particulars of it again because yeah, they've shut down the the analog transmission, but. Um, right. Your, uh, your smart TVs and the like, they still need um, uh, they still need something. So yeah, so it's literally just a little piece of plastic that, that plugs into the back of the TV. Um, I I know, know nothing about over-the-air TV because I've been so committed for the last 10 years to fucking streaming and piracy and XYZ, and I've never, you know, so I haven't even been paying attention to what it is. So I remember when we moved in and we had this like smart TV. I was like, oh, well, I assume I can get the free stuff just on the smart TV because it's hooked up to the internet. So whatever. No, that's apparently not how it works. Uh, so anyway, long story short, got this aerial just to have it. Just to have it. And, and for the first time, it, just in time for World Wrestling Entertainment's arrival back on Irish television, um, I got the, uh, I have the channels again. Uh, like, a, like, like it's the old times. I think it is. And they're actually tuned in on the TV. Are they as opposed to it being like HDMI one or whatever? Yeah, they're on the they're on the TV. Yeah, yeah. So I um, I love that, which is great. I I I like we we're not using it a ton, but it is a nice thing to have. Um, I watched the first half of the Ireland match, the Ireland uh, Luxembourg match. Oh God, Good uh, which was which was shit. So we turned it off and watched the movie <laughs> instead. And then halfway through the movie, I checked my phone and saw we lost, which was great. Um, <laughs> so that was good. Uh, watched, you know, like, you know, it's just nice to stick it on. And, and like, we were, we picked it up with the shopping. And then as we were putting away the shopping, it's like, okay, I'll just hook it up and then just turn it on. It's like, oh, first dates is on. Okay, well, we can watch, you know, first dates. It's just, it, the exact type of thing you get an aerial to watch, I think, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, post-COVID is- first dates as well, which is weird. They sit at they sit at a big long table because they're not allowed. <laughs> uh, you know, um, it's very weird. Like, they, 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 every, like Mr. Burns, the best- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look how loud I have to yell. 
um yeah so yeah that was it's it's cool and you know and that also gives you just unlimited access to all the repeats of tipping point in the chase that you could possibly ask right for, um which is great um, and also yeah it's, the, the, the it's not like a bunny stuff. bunny ears situation is it? it's no a it's a little it, it looks like um it could be a little internet modem it's a little square with it does still have an aerial that you physically pop up but it's not bunny ears right. it's a it's literally just a black square that pops out you don't have okay. to fidget with it and go oh i have to aim it this way i have to aim no it's just, it's just uh, i missed that yeah you just turn it up and you plug it in and it tunes in um so yeah you know you can watch the old that was one of the most um, one of the most thrilling moments of my childhood was my my first little portable tv in my in my bedroom yeah with my nintendo 64 hooked up to it it's probably like a good I don't know, twelve inch TV, or it was like tiny, tiny. But it had it had bunny ears on it, and I could get like yeah, the four channels we have here in Ireland. And uh, but it was the case where you had to, there had to be an, a, a specific configuration for the channel yeah. to come through. Ah, uh, look. And also, like yeah, so it was good. I plugged it in and just pressed a button. That it was just like put. It was effectively put the channels on my TV, please. There was right. none of this like um, back in the day, like you're talking about, like going into a menu and it was like tuning. Tuning like, the frequency, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so in the 1950s, you would have the dial. In our childhood, it was a little bit more modern that you didn't have a, a physical dial, but you still had to manually go through all the all the like frequencies, basically. And and, and I, I was able to... I had one channel saved on my TV in my room that wasn't... Yeah. It wasn't actual Sky Sports, but it was the scrambled... You, scrambled, you don't have yeah, Sky Sports. Yeah, so I'd be there giving myself terrible vision on Friday night, like trying to make out what was happening on Raw. <laughs> Um, uh, if I if I couldn't go down to my pal's house who had Sky, um, I was in a hotel once that had the uh, scrambled Sky Sports tuned in, and I I watched the entirety of Unforgiven two thousand and two. Good show, good show. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, um, anyway. Yeah, so that's that's that. I actually did not, even though I was moderately curious, I didn't watch at either of the WWE programs. Um, because I'm, no. I'm nearly 30 and getting up at half 10 to watch wrestling is not on the agenda anymore. Um, that, that, that's a weirdly non-news non story. They just sort of announced it. Like, you can watch Raw on Saturday mornings here now and SmackDown on Sunday mornings. So it's like, you know. Yeah, um, but it takes me back to my childhood. Yeah. yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure there are little kids who are being mesmerized by... It is weird. All the ads are like the Thunderdome. They're like they're, they they plug the Thunderdome and they mention the virtual audience, which I guess you have to. I suppose you can't just use old footage and, and pretend right. it's it's 2019. Um, but yeah, that was about that was about the peak of the excitement for the uh, the life buff this week. Uh, I have a few bits and pieces this week for a change. Go on. Um, first of all, talking about our childhood. Uh, Joe, have you uh, got that sticker album app up and running? Have you? Ah, uh, no, not yet. Is it? Uh, it's on the App Store, is it? Yeah. I get it. I get it now. I get so there's it now. there's the Euro 2020 virtual sticker album is out now. Same way as Joe and myself did the uh, the World Cup one in 2018. It's pretty much exactly the same. Um, so I've been opening stickers left and right. I got I got myself a Robert Lewandowski sticker. Oh, Bobby Lou, nice one. Um, These are di this is digital, so and you have to buy a pack, do you? No, they're free. You get free packs really? every day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, every, okay, fair enough. Yeah. The, the, the experience is completely free. Uh, I have a few England ones, Joe. You'll be happy to hear. Um, well done today, by the way. 
Where's my... Uh, here I have uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, oh. big slabhead Harry Maguire, hmm. uh, Kieran Trippier, and uh, Ireland betrayer Declan Rice. <laughs> Declan or Rice. Declan or Rice, so... Um, so I'm on that. I've been doing. I'm, I've like eleven percent completion already because obviously at this stage you're not getting any doubles. Mm. Um, but yeah, once you get that, just look up your Panini Euro 2020 on the App Store and you'll you'll find. Oh, them. Yeah. I just accidentally installed the Euro 2020 app. Delete, delete, uninstall, uninstall. <laughs> Shite. Um, so yeah, you get you get your free packs a day, and then if you scan like. Coke bottle, it gives you a free pack as well. Oh yeah, just stand in the supermarket scanning that. <laughs> well, you, what you can do is, and what we have been doing is just look up a picture on Google. Oh yeah, user, like oh, we did that time, it yeah. oh wow, very cheeky. That does work. Wow. Yeah. It does work. Um, you're just, you're just, you're Homer there, mangling up who's merchandise, looking for the fucking thing. <laughs> so we're on that. That's good fun. Um, also, uh, we were playing a good board game this week. Natty got a. Uh, Stardew Valley board game. Oh, I didn't hear. I, it's, I didn't know it's, that. it's a co-op board game, which I, I've never played a co-op board game before. I, I think all the only board games I've ever played have been, you know, you're against like Monopoly, all for one, uh, mm. deathmatch style. But this was a yeah, it's a it's a co-op game where you you're, you're dealing cards and you get certain objectives that you have to beat by the end of the game, and you're like a team doing it, and. Um, the board is basically the same as like the overworld of the, the video game. Okay. And so you have each day you you pick up a card and that tells you what the events that happen on that day are. So your your crops move forward one more towards being harvestable. Mm. Um, there is uh, the fish change that are available in the air and you're like pulling them out of a bag. Oh, I can get this fish today. And then each turn you're like just discussing as a team what you're going to do that day. So I'll say, okay, Natty, your mining is better than mine. You go to the mine. Um, and see what you get in there. If you get some ore or something, and I'll go to the shop and sell the parsnips or whatever. Okay. And you're working towards your your objectives. Like our objectives are stuff like um, end the game because the game has a specific amount of like days that you go through. End the game with each player having a certain amount of money. Um, collect a certain number of animals. Like buy four animals. It's like two per player. Buy um, a certain amount of buildings for your farm. Stuff like that. And uh, yeah, we won on like the second to last card of like 16 cards, I think we had. So we just won right in the end. But uh, yeah, it was really fun. Um, the strategic element of like working as a team to go, okay, this is what we need for this objective. So we need to have this much money or we need to have this much, these much, many hearts. So let's let's go and do these tasks and see if that will get us the money for the next day and planning what can happen the next day. Um, like there's one card that gave us like um, your crops get destroyed. So we were like, okay, let's... Let's uh, arrange our crops in such a way that we'll be least affected by that if that comes up. Okay. So it, it was really, really fun. It's, it's quite a long game to play. I think it probably took us about two hours, all in all. It says it says in the box forty five minutes per person, but because it was our first time, we were also like constantly looking at the instructions, learning and stuff, yeah, figuring out. Uh, yeah, really good. I, I I know that there are millions and millions of like board games, uh, especially mm-hmm. like co-op board games i know are fairly common but i've never played one so this was a nice new uh experience i, I would i recommend if if uh, every of the options not, spe- not specifically stardew valley but like any kind of co-op board game it was really uh really fun um and takes the pressure off being against everyone that you're playing with and instead you're kind of putting your heads together very cool 
Uh, and also, lastly for my week, um, fuck Paddy Power. <laughs> um, Why? You might recall at the start of the season, uh, I was doing a load of free bets because they offered the promotional free bets. And I'm not putting any money into the account, just doing free bets. Mm. And I won 80 euro on the first the first game of the season. I won 80 euro on a really? five euro free bet. Mo Salah score a hat trick uh, against Leeds, I think it was. And then I won a further 55 euro on Harry Kane score twice against Man United in that 6-1 game. Uh, Paddy Power since blocked my account from receiving these promotions. Because what? I don't have any money in, I suppose. Yeah, I got an email from them. See if I can get it up here. Because um, my dad had contacted me because it was like um, Cheltenham or something, some horse racing me. And he was like, oh, did you see there's a free bet? And I went to do it and it was like, uh, not available for you, buddy. Um, so see if I can find it here. Yeah, 8th of, 8th of March. So it was actually a couple of weeks ago. I didn't realize it until this week. Uh, hi, Paul. Here at Paddy Power, we offer lots of promotions and concessions to our customers, like money-back specials, best price guaranteed, and free bets, to name a few. However, our trading department review accounts regularly, and we're sorry to say we can no longer offer you such promotions from here on. I love, how, I love how they made sure to mention, we offer so much cool shit. Yeah. Sucks to be you, but let me yeah. tell you, other people are going to be raking it in, pal. Yeah, there was no, there's no reason given why they just say um we don't take these decisions lightly and it's important that you know this is in line with our terms and conditions which are stated here as paddy power may at its sole discretion and without any requirement to give reasons exclude any customer from the services generally or from receiving selected promotions uh and any other promotions and offers introduced by us from time to time and then they say also this decision will not a paraphrase this decision will prevent you from putting money in and doing actual bets yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is it's, it's weirdly it's almost like you're kind of being chastised but you know what i mean like you've yeah. broken the rules so we're restricting your account for like you know yeah i mean i've definitely uh, over the years that i've had that account i've definitely taken more money off them than i've <laughs> put in well, that's good that's Someone not how it's supposed to work that's not how gambling works i know um, you're not supposed to beat the house you be counting cards or something yeah counting football <laughs> counting footballs <laughs> <laughs> one i was um we uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were watching the, the malcolm in the middle you know the episode where malcolm counts cards for how no. Um, they're on an Indian reservation. They're on like a really shitty mm. holiday. Um, anyway, so it's not important. There's an episode where he counts cards. And I remember, um, Brona hadn't seen the show before. We got to that episode and she turned to me and she goes, why is counting cards not allowed? And I couldn't think of an answer. As uh, Like, it's, uh, it's like it's like the casinos have a rule against being good at the games they run. Yeah. It's like you're not allowed to be too That's smart right. or have a talent that will give you an advantage. You have to just be gambling. And if you're not just gambling, you're going to, like, prosecute you. Yeah, they just kick you out, I think, if they catch you. Yeah, they just kick you out. They'll yeah. actually put um, you in jail. And card counting, as far as I know, isn't even, like exact it's necessarily it's it's to do with like probability of Abilities, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a card within a certain range coming up yeah and yeah it's 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 a, obviously a lot of calculation I, th- I think it's something like you're keeping a counter of plus or minus of, i don't mm. i can't do it but within a certain range yeah so i don't know i don't know why 
you say you can't do it. If I ask the folks at Paddy Power, what's he up to? You know. <laughs> How did he know Harry Kane was going to score twice <laughs> against the United's notoriously shit defence? Weird it out. How did he know Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair were not going to win that tag title match? I I demand a review here. That's anyway. been my week. What about you, Joe? Nice. Well, I just um, got this Panini sticker album app. Um, <laughs> okay. opened, opened a few packs so far. I've got a Paul Pogba. That's oh, probably, look at you go. It's yeah. probably the best one I've got so far. Uh, I've just got another one. I've got a Memphis Depay and a North Macedonia Shiny uh, sticker. Oh, the badge. That's pretty good. So I'm just, I've am just i got one more pack to open. I'm just going to open it now. you got to open it live. I'll open it live. Let's see what we get. You get five stickers in each pack. So I've got... Dela Kuzayev of Russia. That's a, I've already got him. That's annoying. Okay. Viktor Kovalenko, Ukraine. Paul Torres, uh, Espanol. Marcus Berg, Sweden. And Robin Koch, Germany. Nice. Robin Koch. That sounds a bit like a Rockbusters clue. Is he the one who plays for Leeds? Is that him? No, is that Robin Koch? Let me Google Koch. Robin Koch. Google Google. Be careful now. Hang on. Oh. Robin Cox. Yeah, oh, he does play for Leeds. Defender. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Is it is that um, Cox build like the rich family? No, it's it's Coke K O C H Koch Koch. That's what I mean. Bro. Yeah, the the rich. Oh yeah, oh like those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach brothers. Yeah. yeah. They always have yeah. to tiptoe around that one when they're doing the commentary on the games. Koch. They always make special uh, effort not to pronounce it as cock. Yeah. Cox got the ball. Yeah. We know. Or, it's, uh, like, it's like Kunst. Bra- yeah, Bradley Walsh on the chase. Bradley Walsh on the chase. He always, <laughs> says, he, he, he always says Uranus and not Uranus. Oh, which yes. I believe is actually technically what they say the correct pronunciation is. But anyway, yeah. anyway Joe. Yeah, so other than that, Quiet Week um, did have a bit of excitement on Fridays. We had a, some team team events at work, so we took the Friday afternoon off and did some uh, some Zoom um, socialising. We did a murder mystery on Zoom, which is, um, it was quite fun. <laughs> it's one of those where, you know, you, everyone needs to kind of join in and there's moments where you're supposed to act shocked and stuff, but of course... Right. No, no one can read the cues, like the body language of anyone else. So you have no idea when yeah. to react or anything. You'd, you just have to wait for the host to tell everyone to like shout or, you know, scream or whatever. Um, it was quite fun. Um, I dressed up as a, I was playing a pastry chef called uh, Pierre Marinier. Um I didn't know that we were supposed to dress up though. So I didn't manage to arrange oh. a chef's hat or anything. Uh. I did. Have, I had an apron. Um, I put kind of flour across my face and I drew a little curly <laughs> curly French moustache on with uh, Michelle's eye liquid. And stuff. <laughs> okay. So I looked, I looked pretty good. And I did my best French accent <laughs> like this and uh, yeah, it went down very well. Uh, and then we made cocktails afterwards, which was a lot of fun. Sorry. But um, ultimately, I'd say the downsides are A, you are just stood in your kitchen drinking alone. Uh, and you're having quite strong cocktails, which is a bit sad. And secondly, that the kit they sent was really, really good. So it had all the booze in it, lemons, limes, little you know bits of garnish and stuff. Hmm. Um, and they sent all the kit, like a shaker, the shaker glass, like this one of those stirrers, the thing to crush the ice, uh, little 
uh, thing that goes on the end of a bottle when you're pouring out a shot. It was really good, but now I kind of have to store all of that stuff in our kitchen. We don't have a lot of space. And I'm never, ever going to make cocktails again. So I'm like, well, that yeah. is really good. But we've already got one of these as well because Michelle did cocktail making like last year. So we now have two cocktail sets that we have to store in our, our kitchen. So figure out what to do with those at some point. But yeah, it was quite fun otherwise. Um, I haven't really drunk much the last few months kind of being in lockdown. So uh, I think I got through a couple of the cocktails and my face started to go just numb from the bottom half from the strength of these cocktails. Um, I haven't drunk so long, but yeah, it was fun. Otherwise, kicked off the old uh, the weekend. So it was good. That was about it. It, it. It's it's tough to really get in the mood of having a few drinks, even if it's, you know, yourself yeah. and the better half i mean it's just most weekends like friday night i'll play a few games with my pals and i'll make play i'll get like a six pack and like this would be all right like we'll play some fall guys or whatever and then like saturday night me and me and Brown will be watching a film like oh, if it's, and like i could buy across the two nights i, I think i wouldn't even finish a six pack mm. it's just so you just can't get into it because it's just it's just not yeah. the same um yeah but it's nice it's nice to have one every now and then yeah um yeah so i suppose that's our um that's our life guff there for the week Um we can jump in here to the telly guff uh who's been watching what this week boys Ooh, i don't have much to update we've literally pretty much just been watching 90 day fiance and dawson's okay. creek and dawson's creek that's the two the two um shows we've been watching um Dawson's Creek is, I wouldn't say it's growing on me, but, you know, after you watch a show for a while, you kind of have to get into it. Yeah. You know the characters, so I've gotten into it a little bit. I still detest Dawson. Um, he's just an arsehole. <laughs> uh, Pacey, however, is quite a fun character. I quite like Pacey. He's a bit kind of charming. He reminds me of a kind of bit of a Ryan Atwood from the OC. Kind of like Ryan mixed with Seth from the OC. That's what I describe uh, Pacey. So I like him. They brought in a few other kind of characters who are a bit more interesting as well. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're persevering with, with Dawson's Creek. But I think it's been about it, really. Just other than that, just random shy that's on the telly. Like, just watched mm. uh, Tipping Point with... Uh, it was Tipping Point, best ever final games. You know, so it was like... Compilation. Cha- Champions League, yeah, compilation of uh, Tipping Point. And they had Sporty Spice on, uh, Mel C. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, which was fun, yeah. But uh, that's that's been about it. That's, yeah, not too much TV to report. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, watching watching some of the old easy to digest crap here as well. Um, First dates was 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 actually nice to watch. On I, I, I it's, it's every time I watch that show, I think it's quite nice. I don't I mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't think it's appointment viewing, but I think it is. The Irish version. Well, I think I like the English version as well, but the Irish one is, is quite nice. I think watching it. I think I appreciate it because it may be the only reality show in history where the producers are trying to pair people together based on who will get on well, as opposed to mm. who will very cynically irritate the other one <laughs> to produce content. So I, I like it in that regard. We also finished, I don't know if it's all of one season or a mishmash of various episodes they can get the rights to. We've, we finished all of the episodes of Condimently that uh, Netflix have. <laughs> um, all of them there's about 9,000 no there's only, there's only about 35 um, oh, okay. uh, or I think it's 40 I think the official number is 40 because yeah it's it's 8 
eighth weeks, quote unquote. Um, uh, The last week is tremendous. I will say again, I don't know because they just have it listed as a season and it's not yeared Mm. or dated or anything like that. But on, on, on UK and Irish Netflix, if you watch the last five episodes, it is the sort of bitchiest, meanest <laughs> week I've ever seen in the many, many, many episodes of that show I've seen. It's not it's not quite as meme-worthy as something like You've Won, Jane, but it is the, the collection of episodes where it sort of stops being funny and I'm just watching it going, I would, this looks like the most uncomfortable, frosty atmosphere fucking um, dinner party ever captured on film. So if anyone has, if anyone on this side of, side of the Atlantic wants to watch those last five episodes, 35 to 40 on Netflix, highly recommend. Uh, outside of that, um, started the second season of Harley Quinn, the animated show with uh, Kaylee Kuko. Um, mm-hmm. Good fun. Uh, you know, again, it's a very easy watch, you know, a nice kind of funny uh, 20-odd minutes uh, thing. The premise of season two is kind of that uh, at the end, of, you know, there's a, a big, uh, you know, superhero, supervillain uh, catastrophic event at the end of season one. And basically, it seems like the premise of season two is going to be that the president just says, fuck it, and cuts God- Gotham off from the rest of the, the country. And it's like a, mm. a, a supervillain-run police state, basically. Um, not, I suppose, not too dissimilar to Dark Knight Rises. Where where Gotham is this isolated little pocket, and then all these groups pop up. But it's obviously infinitely more lighthearted. So so enjoying that. Um, but there was something else in there. I can't remember what I watched. I can't remember. It's gone anyway. Uh, earlier uh, today, I checked out the first episode of Invincible on Amazon Prime, which is an animated show. It's kind of it's the latest in what is now becoming a lo- long line of your cynical kind of post superhero boom superhero satires. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're in in the vein of your the boys and, and things of that nature. It's basically about this guy who's 17 years old. He's he's the son of this universe's equivalent of Superman, called Omni Man. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, as he comes of age and turns into an adult, he starts to develop his own powers. And the first episode is kind of just a lengthy origin story and lengthy training training montage almost of him uh, getting to grips with his powers and, and, and all this other stuff. And then there's kind of a stinger in the second half that I won't spoil, uh, which kind of serves as your reminder of, hey, we're we're doing superhero satire. If effectively, you know, we're doing the boys, we're doing whatever, you know, mm-hmm. so that it's not just a conventional superhero animated show. Um, I was really surprised by um, uh, this. So someone posted a clip of it on Twitter. I'd never heard of this show um, at all uh, un- until I literally just saw someone post. I was like, that looks, that looks all right. I'll give it a watch. And I was really, really surprised by the... Um, the names involved in it uh, for a show I had never heard of, and it just launched like three weeks ago. There's three episodes on Amazon. Uh, they're doing the weekly thing, the weekly ad an episode thing. I think it's every Friday they add a new episode. So um, the main character is played by Stephen Yoon of Minari and The Walking Dead. Uh, it's also got Sandra Oh from Grey's Anatomy and J.K. Simmons plays Omni-Man, who is the Superman equivalent. Um, and then you've got this like ridiculous supporting cast. You've got Mark Hamill, Seth Rogen, 
Zazie Beats, Gillian Jacobs, Walton Goggins, um, uh, Mahershala Ali is in it, um, uh, Mae Whitman, her from Arrested Development, um, just like uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, just Zachary Quinto, like an incredible cast. I was like, what? how have I never heard of this show? And then, I, and then like the credits hit and it's, uh, it's been adapted from a comic book written by Robert Kirkman, who created The Walking Dead uh, and also was an executive producer. And it's also produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. I'm like, I, I have no idea how I have not heard about this show featuring all this real heavy hitter of talent. But um, I guess it's just impossible for everything to stand out these days in the never-ending slew of new streaming shows and movies. Something has to get buried. Um, but uh, first episode was really, really enjoyable. Uh, 45 minutes episodes. Animation is okay. It's not the best-looking animated show I've ever seen, but it's it, it's good. And uh, the, the the voice acting was was pretty strong in the first episode. So solid thumbs up for that. For that, um, I will I will watch the rest of it. Um, only other thing I watched was I did restart from the very very beginning. Uh, Archer, um, following the terrible untimely passing of Jessica Walter this week. Um, you know, a legend, a legend. Um, I, I recently, you know, restarted the rest of the development, so I was like, I'll just start Archer as well, because you know, um, and that show that has a lot of its strength in the early seasons, anyway. So I'm like, all right, I'll rewatch those. Um, yeah, that's about it. Nothing else, nothing else new. I don't think that I've uh, I've watched, but yeah, those are my those are my TV shows for the week. Right here. Um, so what have I watched? Well. I sat down during the week, opened up the old Netflix and said, right, let's let's give this line of duty the old ah. the old crack. Uh we'll start with season one. Okay, let's have a look here. Uh, they've only got season five on it. Well, never mind. Oh what? Want to watch it anyway. It's only got season five. It doesn't have seasons one through four. So Rubbish. Yeah. Season five only. So I didn't watch that. I instead watched uh, Lupin, which Lupin. Joe had recommended on this very show oh, la la. a few weeks ago. And I said, I will watch that. That sound really good. Uh, I think I said like two or three times that I would watch it. Uh, and you finally, yeah. the, finally <laughs> the opportunity slow presented build. itself. It's a slow build. Yeah. So I have watched it. I watched the five episodes that are that are out. Uh, yeah, I I thought it was really great. It was um, it's definitely tonally very similar to Sherlock. Mm. Um, better in some ways, I would say. Uh, I, I obviously have a bias towards it because having lived in Paris, I notice little locations and I'm like, oh, oh I used to live right next to that, or oh, I used to walk past there on my way to work. Um. Uh, and even I, I think I prefer uh, Omar C as the lead than Cumberbatch. Mm. I think he's he's more likable. He's more charismatic as the lead. Um, he's great. He needs to be in more things. I know he's he's been in um, he's in some of the X Men films, and he was in one or two other like English language films. He's mm. he is so so likable and so so charismatic as the lead. He like the entire show is carried on his shoulders he's so so good uh, i think especially the first two episodes because they were a little more uh heisty a little bit more like individual stories and then episodes three four and five are kind of more 
carrying on with the story. I, I liked specific. I like episode one specifically a lot. I thought it was excellent. Um, yeah, I would say definite, definite re- recommendation, especially if people were were into Sherlock before it kind of fell off cliff up its own arse. Um, Lupin is very reminiscent of those early Sherlock seasons. Um, one thing I'll note is it is in French, obviously, with subtitles. I did give the English dub uh, about 30 seconds of time just to see what it was like. Um, dreadful. <laughs> dreadful, dreadful oh, English really? dub. Oh, yeah, it doesn't fit at all because you have these charismatic performances um, that, and and the 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 dub just doesn't have the energy to it. It's very flat, very flat dub. And also, I don't know if you agree with me here, Joe. I find a lot of the voices in the original French French version are are so unique, like the, the kind of voices that you don't see in your U.S. shows, like the mm. uh, Boubacar, his uh, his father in the series mm-hmm. you talk like this <laughs> it's, it's like such a gravelly raspy voice and i said yeah. like, oh, i don't listen to him talk for like an hour he's great um so yeah totally totally in on it can't wait for the um second half of the season to begin i believe it's coming out soon i'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. but i'll definitely be on board to uh to finish that nice little cliffhanger uh it ended on as well um yeah big big thumbs up even without the knowledge of arsene lupin and Mm. all like he's basically the french equivalent of sherlock holmes he's got a series of books that i've i've never heard of but even without the knowledge and without getting all little you know references uh that i'm sure are sprinkled throughout the show it still works and stands on its own as like a great mystery heist caper mm. of a series again much in the way uh, that those early sherlocks were give me that feeling of going back to that but but also the episodes aren't an hour and a half long they're only 45 minutes give or take uh, and there's only five of them out so i would say you know it would only take you about two and a half hours to watch the entire show maybe three hours and i would say it's definitely worth a watch especially if you have uh, a tolerance for subtitles uh, do not watch it with the english the awful english dub. um also, I watched episode two of The Falcon and The Soldier oh. of the Winter. In that. Um, ooh, that show's gone off a cliff already. Big old heap <laughs> of shite that was. Um, so, again, without spoiling anything for anybody, this, you know, I, I often don't like things that people like. That's fine. Um, episode one did, was a really strong character episode because it kept Falcon and Winter Soldier like separate and told two separate stories, right. which, were, which were interesting. Uh, for no reason, at the start of episode two, they're just brought together. There's no like build to their uniting after you know spoilers for Avengers after Captain America went off the grid. Um, there's nothing. He, he just, book just shows up. It's like, all right, Falcon, how are you? Um, then there's like the worst marvel non-comedy that they they do <laughs> constantly um there's like a gandalf joke because there's there's a joke they make like falcon says uh, oh our enemy is good it, it's one of three it's always one of three androids aliens or wizards and books like well there's no such thing as wizards 
oh yes there is uh dr strange is a wizard no he's a sort you know this stupid this non-comedy yeah. there's no joke to it it's the fact that they say it with like a sarcastic tone that's the joke yeah. and the episode is full of that the entirety of the episode is that 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 so annoying tone that has permeated all films these days because every yeah. film now has to be Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel or otherwise. And I'll talk about that when I get to my reviews today of Kong Skull Island and uh, yeah. Godzilla Monsters because they are both that to 100%. Um, so I hated the, that. Um, they After the really good action scene in episode one, they do a, a, a much less uh, a worse action scene in episode two. Um, yeah, so even though it was, I, I of what I've seen, it was like quite well reviewed everywhere. Episode two was definitely not for me. Yeah, definitely not for me. After a strong start, and given that there's only six episodes in the entire show, uh, at least this year, uh, to already on episode two be like doesn't you know make me hold out hope for episodes three, four, five, and six. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame because, like I say, I I did enjoy that for I probably enjoyed that first episode more than the majority of One Division, to be honest. But episode two yeah. was worse than anything in One Division, so it's 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 simultaneously here and here. Whereas One Division was kind. Of- I was going to say, don't don't let the fact that the, the, that critics seem to like episode two deter you because you know they were also the people who said that One Division was this book and genre busting fucking event television, and it was. Yeah. So well, it, absolutely not that. I, I think it kind of was until it wasn't. Everyone, then it wasn't. It was, for everyone was watching it. It was yeah. by virtue of being watched a lot. It was, but not in terms of its quality. <laughs> no, but at least they try. You know, everyone is going to remember One Division as oh, they they. It was a quirky, try something yeah. different show. It wasn't just mm-hmm. Marvel. And you're like, well, for the last four episodes, it was just Marvel. It, was, <laughs> it, yeah. it, it kind of knocked that on the head very quickly. And uh, yeah, Captain. Whatever the fucking show is called, Winter Soldier has has done that one episode in. So yeah, okay. We're already into yeah. It's it's your bog standard. Uh, everything is a joke, and then there's an action scene. Marvel, tat, mm. you know. Uh, and then we're uh, watching Lost, and we're up to we just we just today watched the worst episode of the entire six season run, Stranger in a Strange Land, which is. Um, and even if you've never watched Lost, it is the episode where it's explained how Jack got his tattoos. Um, the real life reason is the actor has tattoos. And for some reason, they felt the need to explain that on the show with a completely, Ooh. completely pointless and ultimately leads to nothing uh, backstory for his tattoos. Um, so that was that was a big old heap of shite, which is funny because it's preceded by one of the series best episodes, Flashes Before Your Eyes. Um, so yeah, Lost in Season 3, uh, where we are, is still before they announce the end date of the series, so it's very inconsistent in terms of its quality. I mean, look, I like I like all Lost, but there, there's definitely uh, good episodes where like there are revelations or mysteries set up or big you know, things happen, and then there's episodes where they explain how a character got their tattoos, um, and that was one of them. So, yeah, we're on Season 3, Episode uh, 10. So we're about halfway through Season 3. I think Season 3 starts getting really good at about Episode 16, 17. So we still have a bit of a rough patch to, to go through to get to the, the gold. Um, and then Season 4 is like great the whole way through. 
So I'm looking forward to getting to that. Uh, and that's all the TV I watched this week. I did not watch that Ireland match, big old heap of shite, because <laughs> I don't do international football anymore. Thanks very much. Um, that's it. Uh, okay, we can uh, jump in uh, to the old movie guff this week. Um, I ticked another Oscar movie off the list. Uh, I like this that you're the one doing the Oscar movies this year. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I kind of surprised uh, at that as well, but it's it's more just a case. You've, you've picked the mantle from me. Yeah. Great. I get it's a more, year off. It's more kind of like, yeah, what else am I going to watch? Um, yeah, exactly. I watched Promising Young Woman uh, starring Carrie Mulligan and uh, Bo Burnham, funnily enough, in a, in a supporting role. It's good i would be interested to see what you make of it paul because i remember years ago the running joke on this show was that was that you would be into a film and then then the ending would just piss you off so much that you hated it um right you know well well not that i hated it but there was there was i think there was about three or four weeks in a row where i'd come in and go yeah i watched the movie and then the last 10 minutes weren't good like eight out of ten yeah or seven out of ten yeah uh so <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> kind of yeah so i will say okay. i didn't know much about this film but I, I won't say i was completely unspoiled because all i knew was that people were really peeved about the ending uh so okay. I, I i wasn't going in untainted so I, there was a little bit of watching it going i wonder how this is going to end that's going to piss me off and it, <laughs> it, it, it ended up actually not and I wonder, was it just because I was prepping myself for... And then she wakes up, and it's a dream. I was prepping myself for that, and that's not what happens, thankfully. Uh, so the movie is about this this woman who... who um, uh, I, w- I won't get into specifics, because it's kind of revealed later on in the film. She, she had some, uh, uh, you know, some traumatic event in her past involving a friend of hers that kind of set her on this kind of um, sort of... Uh, not quite revenge, but kind of just like this, almost like a vigilante-like kind of behavior towards predatory men. Mm. Uh, and it's a little bit ambiguous. Uh, so the, the opening scene, which kind of sets the tone for the film, is that she's in the club and she's on her own and she's super, super drunk. And a bunch of dudes, including Adam Brody from The Kid Detective, he, he has a, a bit part in this, he's very good. Uh, he goes over and he's like, he's telling his friend, he's like, oh, don't be, don't be sleazy, don't be sleazy. He goes over and he's like, I'll, I'll help her out. He puts her in a cab. And then in the cab, he like has this like change of conscience. He's like, actually, let's let's go back to my place. And he brings her back to her place and she can barely keep her eyes open. And then he, you know, he makes a move on her when she is seemingly um, out of her out of her mind on alcohol. And then she snaps to, realizes that she was pretending and faking to be drunk, and it kind of cuts there, and you don't really know. There's a lot of that in the movie where you don't know. So is the point of this movie that she's killing them, or is she what is she doing? Um, right. Which spoiler? That's that's never actually really explained what's going on there. It's 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 that's kind of one of the ambiguities. So that's the premise of the film. So she's do, she's kind of doing that, but then uh, to to kind of anyone who crosses her. But then there's also this overarching story where she has a list of people that led her to this place that she wants to get back at. So that's the general premise, and obviously that's pretty interesting. But you know. <sighs> I didn't hate the ending, but I can see how people would hate it, and I did. I did think it was a little too cutesy for its own good. It's very tough to talk about without spoilers, so I won't. I won't, I won't harp on it for too long. But I'd be interested to see what you what you lads thought of it. 
Um, it is good though. It is good. It's really well shot. It's really, it's very stylish in a in a in a kind of non over the top way. Uh, really good cast. You've got uh, like uh, Laverne Cox in there, Alison Brie, um, uh, and a couple of other kind of familiar faces popping up. Yeah, solid. Uh, worth a watch. Kind of surprised. It's 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 a best picture nominee, and I think that would probably be the one thing. Uh, most people that I know would probably take away from it. I, it does not strike me either in tone or theme, or, or even as a film I like. Overall quality does not strike me as something that would get nominated. But I, you know, it has not exactly been the most jam-packed year of incredible hits. So, so fair enough. Um, yeah. So I watched that. Uh, you know, recommendation, recommendation nonetheless. Uh, I then watched Bad Trip on Netflix, which is starring. Uh, Eric Andre and directed by his longtime director of the Eric Andre show. So it's very much a, a, a spiritual film, uh, you know, follow up to that show. It is, and don't, you know, don't be reviled too much by this, you know, on paper is not a genre that I'd be interested in. It's one of those movies that's basically doing jackass, but stitched together with an overarching fictional narrative. Yeah. I think it's produced by Jeff Tremaine, isn't it? It is, yeah. So it has, yeah. So it has some Jeff Tremaine and I think some other uh, jackass alums are, are are behind the scenes as well. So you know, in not a, the best example, but in the vein of a bad grandpa or a um, Borat, I suppose it's not a, it's not a million miles from Borat, especially Borat Two, where Borat Two was a lot of pre-tape, straight up scenes of just comedy, and and right. then hidden. So that's the uh, that is the tone. So you know, I I, I had heard people bigging this film up and then when i heard that's the type of movie it was i was like eh. i was like i don't know about that especially like i like the eric andre show but I, I kind of like the the kind of absurdist kind of scripted bits i always thought that the the, the prank live action on the street stuff was kind of eh. um this this is perhaps the most i have laughed at one of these films since like borat one or possibly even since the first jackass film when i first saw it I was, I, I legitimately had the sore belly laughs at various points uh, uh, of this film. It is, it is walking a really fantastic line of of getting in the the, the basically the, the interstitials work really well and the overarching uh, character stuff works really well um, uh, in a way that it kind of gets Andre's kind of bizarre sense of humor and his his the slightly more absurd things he does and then also the pranks are really funny and that the the pranks and the the non-prank segments they stitch together really well in a way i feel like these movies never really do um uh, and so that was great i big big recommendation if this if this genre is anything you're into a huge huge recommendation i think it's i think it's genuinely hilarious um uh, and I, I i think it'll be i think it'll be a staple of that genre going forward yeah. um so let's, I think it's only. I think it's just about ninety minutes as well, which is the which is the, the other thing. You don't want this. You don't want these kind of things to be too long. It does fall into the one, the one pitfall of this genre, which is I think it peaks a bit early, and I think part of that is they kind of feel like for the final act you have to have the biggest and most elaborate stunts for the final. It's like well, those are never the funniest ones. The ones where you blow something up or you have a car crash, those are never the funniest ones. Um, uh, like the funniest ones in this are the ones that you know. This could also be a criticism. They are the ones that you could just pluck out and just fling it on YouTube as a five-minute thing, and people would think it was hilarious. 
Um, uh, there's just like there's a scene at a bar that's ridiculous. There's a scene at a zoo that's that's hilarious. Um, uh, and and then uh, yeah, at the end they kind of go a bit over the top. And those aren't terrible, but they're just not, it definitely feels like okay, I I you peaked kind of towards the end of the second act, and then and then it just kind of finished. Um, but really great, really really funny. Um, it was filmed like two years ago. This was another one of those that was literally uh, just as the pandemic was hitting was supposed to come out. Um, and they delayed it and delayed it and delayed it until eventually they just threw it out here, as everyone is doing, just giving up and just putting it on, on Netflix or Amazon. Um, but yeah, thumbs up on that one. Highly recommended. Um, and that's that's my lot for the week. Yeah, Nirvana, the band that I constantly talk about, is one of those as well, where hmm. it's like half scripted, half they're out in public doing yeah. weird stuff. It's, chef's kiss is brilliant. Right, let me quickly get through my old Godzilla shite that I've finally come to the end of watching. Um, well, you're on the the modern. You're 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 literally on the home stretch before the big the big. Uh, I'm caught. I'm caught. I'm caught up. Like um, yeah, yeah. I've uh, okay. So we're gonna talk about the uh, the monster verse uh, now because I've watched the the three existing movies that make up the uh, the legendary monster verse. Legendary being the the name Studio. of the production company. <laughs> not the description of the film so we'll get to it in a second um, so I watched uh, Godzilla 2014 uh, Kong Skull Island I rewatched I initially didn't re- plan to rewatch it but did anyway because I got better through and then the 2019 Godzilla King of the Monsters so let's get through I'll go through them one by one quickly because I've watched all three of them they've probably all been reviewed on this show uh, I don't think my opinion on them has changed a huge amount maybe slightly not a huge amount. Uh, so we get, first of all, Godzilla 2014, my favorite of the three. And I'll tell you in, in a very short detail why, and it's kind of in relation to what I was talking about when we, we were talking about um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I've never appreciated more how kind of humorless that film is. And I, I can appreciate that it's like a serious film, yeah. albeit a film about a, a big lizard destroying a city and fighting aliens. That it's not constant wackiness and constant jokes like king of the monsters has two characters who are the comic relief it has bradley yeah. whitford and thomas middleditch who are like did you say gonorrhea <laughs> like okay I, I appreciate so much that that first film has no jokes in it it's brian cranston who's like great in it uh and elizabeth olsen who is great in it both of them of course underused that point has been kind of done to death but it's true yeah um but the performances are good and they're not jokes. They're not constantly wacky. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, like I think this is like my sixth or seventh rewatch of this film. Aaron Taylor Johnson is so bad in it. Not like only boring. I think when people say the film is boring, I think they, they understate. He is dreadful in it. Yeah, He's got yeah. no charisma whatsoever. And that is like, I, I understand, despite that I like the film a lot, definitely the, the fact that he has to carry the majority of the film he is such an uninteresting character, badly portrayed by one of the worst actors currently going. Him and uh, Leto are probably my two least favorite. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but at least Jared Leto was good in Dallas Buyers Club. I don't know that Taylor Johnson yeah. has been good in anything. Um, Although that was that was ten years ago at this stage. Yeah, but there, there's like yeah, absolutely. There are scenes where he is act like early on. He's acting directly opposite Cranston, and Cranston just has in his face conveying all these different emotions the conflict that he has about like his wife has been uh, killed his son is here in japan and he has this conflict with his son 
what he's trying to do in relation to Godzilla. And you can see on his face all these different emotions conveyed. And then it cuts to the blank stare of Taylor Johnson as he monotonously says his lines. And I'm like, these two could not be further ends of the acting spectrum, like further apart. Yeah. Um, that being said, like one thing that people often um, say about the film as a kind of criticism is that there's, there's not enough Godzilla, there's not enough monster fights. I like that the, f- the film makes you wait and, as I said before, tickles your balls a little bit before you finally get the, the big payoff at the end. And I think it's also overstated how much, like people say, oh, every time they go to fight, it like cuts away. I think there's only like two moments where that happens. Mm. Like Godzilla himself doesn't appear until 59 minutes into a one hour 58 film. So you're only getting teased the last hour at all. The first hour is just set up. Like Cranston and his son is like the first 35 minutes. The Muto's escaping is like the following 20 minutes. And then Godzilla finally appears. Um I think there's like two, there's two bits is where Godzilla appears at the Hawaii airport and it cuts away, you see it on the TV. And then you have where the like subway doors close and you have to like, they're the only two bits. And then the the actual Godzilla fight with the Mutos is like not even five minutes after that subway door closed bit. So you get it. Like it's only really one bit where you're, you're teased and they don't give it to you. Um, but look, I understand it has issues and I, I won't like lie and say it's perfect. It's definitely not. It has a lot of issues, uh, mainly the hideous, hideous, hideous central <laughs> performance, which is pretty, it can be a deal breaker, right? But um, the things that it, it has to get right as a Godzilla film, it gets right. Um, the flourish of like Godzilla appearing in the mist um, reminded me of like the better scenes of, of Rogue One, which has the same mm. director. That director can do the big action and make it look good. That's what Godzilla does. The last like half hour is great. Um, you have the bits where you have the want, 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 want. The blue coming up his back before he shoots the atomic breath. It's really cool. Um, and yeah, I, I, everything about the climax I like. So that kind of, for me, saves the, the worst parts of the film. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's boring per se. I, I'm not bored by it. But I, I think um, the performance by Taylor Johnson is just like, it's that bad. that You can definitely consider it a deal breaker. Um, so that's that one. Um then we do Kong Skull Island, which is almost exactly the other side of the coin, in that it's very humor, humory. Everything's a joke. There's all the characters, even like soldiers who are supposed to be serious, are always like, oh shit, he's a big monkey. <laughs> and it's like silly. Um, what I say about Kong Skull Island is, whereas um, Godzilla had like, okay, the horrible central performance but everyone else in it was kind of good even if it's small like overly small roles yeah. kong skull island mostly everyone in it is not good yeah <laughs> there's there's like one good performance in it which is uh i like john c Riley in it. he's yeah. kind of the life that carries the movie um brie larson and tom hiddleston my god how did these yeah. people get cast in marvel films they have no chemistry and no charisma they're the two most boring characters in the whole film and even usually dependable folks like uh, John Goodman and Sam Jackson. Or Sam Jackson's fine in it. But he's not like Sam Jackson with the bug eyes. And, yeah, you know, yeah. It's a film about like a giant ape fighting the army. Like, why are they playing so, it so... On, on paper, his character is the archetypal yeah. Sam Jackson. Like, you don't know, like, why is he playing it so subdued? Like, this should be the thing where he goes mental and, and you know... Yeah. Yeah, and even John Goodman, like, John Goodman is maybe more in the film like the first half hour, but even he is like the usually reliably good John Goodman plays it really like 
low yeah. for a film that should be, especially given that the tone of the movie is Marvel, jokey action movie. So many of them play it so, not monotone, but as you say, like subdued, which is really strange. John C. Riley, as I said, is the only one. Once he shows up, he, he injects a bit of life into it. Um, it, it looks good. It's definitely, a, a, I, I would say, a better looking movie maybe than Godzilla. Because Godzilla, a lot of it takes place at night, which is obviously a shortcut for hiding your CGI to make it look better. Oh, it's at night. Everything's at night. <laughs> and there's one scene in particular where it very suddenly becomes night, just so yeah. they can do that. And you're like, oh, this film's all, all having a night for no reason. Kong Skull Island's all, all in the day. One thing I'll say about how it looks, though, is eventually the uh, the orange tint to everything yeah. starts to be like, okay, let's dial down the orange a little bit. Maybe just use that for the climax. Um, but there's just like random scenes where there's one bit where they first encounter the skull crawlers, I think they're called, where they're they're looking down into like a big pit where all the skull crawlers are. And then they go down into it and suddenly there's smoke and fog everywhere that wasn't there before. And you you get as a you know a, a viewer like oh they're doing this so that they can hide again mm. the CGI that looks so great uh, and yeah that orange filter on the like almost the entire film okay let's let's only have that when it's like twilight and you have right. Kong standing against like the orange gradient like sky that makes sense the other hour and a half of the movie doesn't need to be orange yeah. everything's orange in this film uh, and also the editing is very weirdly like clunky scenes just like end <laughs> and then they're like right. Uh, Next scene, there's no like segue from scene to scene. It's it's very segmented. Um, so oh, like overall, it's fine. You get your you know requisite monkey action, and that's all good. I like when he's pulling the skull crawlers' uh, heads off and punching them and pummeling them like that. That stuff's all fun. Um, I just as a fan, I don't find Kong as compelling as Godzilla. I think Godzilla is much cooler. Yeah, uh, uh, kaiju Kong is is for all intents and purposes just a big monkey, <laughs> which you know oh, has its has, has its uh, appeal, but also has its limitations. Where it's like, all right, you can only do so much with Kong. Um, and then finally, King of the Monsters, the worst of the bunch. Um, as I said, they they go full on in on the wackiness. Um, they they take the criticism of oh, there wasn't enough. Godzilla in the last one. So this one has him fighting King Ghidorah like 15 minutes into the film. Um, and yeah. Uh, ironically, right? I would say of the three, this is the one that has the best performances in it. Um, okay. In Insofar as people are like trying. I think Kyle Chandler is good in it as like pissed off dad. And he puts effort into it. Like he's trying to be like energetic and Millie Bobby Brown the same, although I don't think she's like good per se. No. I don't think she's a good actress, but she's like trying. She's trying. And after uh, two movies back to back of watching Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brie Larson, and Tom Hiddleston basically not give a shite, it was refreshing to see actors who were like trying to make it work. Damn it! Uh, their problem was the screenplay is absolutely dreadful. <laughs> oh, for Kong King or Godzilla King of the Monsters, it's definitely the worst written of the three. Yeah. Um, and despite the fact that the actors are trying, like, God, some of the lines in it are so fucking bad. And I think you get too much Godzilla in. I, I want the um, the final fight to feel climactic and like a big payoff that I've been like chomping at the bit for. Like in you know, your wrestling matches, you don't give them the good shit right away. You build your story and build. And then the last five minutes is the flippy do's and oh, the fake finished, false finishes and the kickouts. Um, when you have Godzilla fighting King Ghidra 20 minutes into the film, how does the final battle 
you know, feel bigger when you've already had a taste of it so early on. So I generally think King of the Monsters, I, I probably enjoyed it slightly more than when I watched it the first time because I had different expectations. But it's definitely not good. It's definitely not good. Um, so I don't have huge, uh, I don't have huge expectations for um, uh, Godzilla vs Kong. I, I anticipate it's going to be somewhere in the range of goodness of what King of the Monsters was. Yeah, four, four out of ten, three out of ten, five out of ten, that kind of range. Uh, but we'll see. So that's my uh, monster review. I think I gave it like a seven, a six, and a four. Okay. Uh, what about you, Joe? Any movies this week? Um, just the one. So last night we watched the uh, 1997 made-for-TV uh, version of Cinderella, starring Brandy as Cinderella, mm. and oh, with, oh, okay. Whitney, with Whitney Houston as the fairy godmother. Uh, also stars Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I've never heard of this movie. Neither have uh, I. Yeah, it was the first kind of multiracial like version of Cinderella. Uh, it was done on things for the Disney Channel. Right, um, that's a good cast, though. It was, yeah, it was a good cast, and it was quite a fun movie. Quite a good kind of uh, interpretation of Cinderella. It's quite faithful, actually, to the like the original fairy tale. I think it's not; they don't go too kind of weird with it, and the songs are very classic as well. It's like a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, so it's, it's um, yeah. There's no like um, <laughs> hip hop tracks in it or anything. It's like um, pretty faithful. Um, it's good, and it has um, the weirdest bit was probably Jason Alexander, uh, aka George Costanza from. Oh, what's he doing? He's in it. He plays kind of like the, the courtier <laughs> in the uh, in the royal household, but he's doing this like I think it was Italian accent, but oh, wow. but like it's not it's not set in a particular country. It's just set in kind of fairy tale land, right? Okay. And everyone else is just doing like an American accent or a British accent right. if they're British. But he's doing this weird Italian accent. So it's quite the choice. Um, it's really, really, really weird. Um, and he is just, he is outside of him playing Costanza. He is just weird in everything else. Like, I yeah. don't know. It's, it's one of those, it's hard to, to unpick. I like Michael Kramer as well. You can't really see them as anyone else, so that was a bit strange. But yeah, the songs were good. Uh, Whitney was good. Uh, Brandy was good. I've only, you know, I remember her from Moesha. Must be a big fan of that show. Yeah, of course. Um, well, she had um, the boy is mine. Wasn't that a big hit? Oh, the boy Ireland at least. Is mine. Yeah, good, yeah. good track. Um, yeah, and it was quite funny. I think it could have been better. Some of the supporting cast, like the the uh, two kind of evil stepsisters. And the stepmother, they could have been better. Like they were quite funny, but I feel like if you'd had the right actresses in those roles, it could have been really, really funny. But yeah, it was quite, it was quite good. It was on uh, Disney Plus. So uh, yeah, Michelle picked that one. So I think she she loved that one as a kid. So uh, it was a it was a fun watch, fun watch. And that's that's been it for the week. The old movies, old movie wise. Very good. I'm reading here that Whitney Houston had originally intended to play Cinderella herself in that movie. Yeah. Which, and this was 97, I think it was, so she would... She would have been like 40. Maybe a bit old to be, said really, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting, I've never heard of that, but that's a good yeah. cast. For, yeah. Uh, Cinderella, I like that. Uh, let me see here, we can move on then to the uh, the old video games. Um, okay. How's Rocket League going, Joe? Ooh, I'm a rocket man. Rocket man. It's been very good. They've had um, spike rush mode as returned this week. So if if 
if you've not played that, essentially, it's a version of Rocket League where giant spikes stick out from your car. Uh, and so as you're driving around, you can the ball gets stuck on these spikes. And so you drive around with the ball kind of stuck to your car and the object is to, to still get it across the line into the goal. Okay. So it's a little bit more like kind of like rugby or NFL where you're sort of carrying the ball. Um, but the other rule change is that if basically when you've got the ball, if anyone hits you, you, you explode. They only have to hit you and you just explode. <laughs> so it's just constant demolitions. Like, be, you know, you, as soon as you get the ball, you have to get your arse in gear and get get out the pitch. Otherwise, you're going to explode and lose the ball. So it's a really chaotic mode, but I've been playing it the last few days. I think it's time limited. They've only got it on for a couple of weeks. But it's, yeah, really, really fun. Um, yeah, I've been playing a few. Um, I played a bit of Super Mario 35 as well. Because that ends this week, next yeah, week, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, so I'm playing a bit more of that. Um, still really fun. Um, but again, like the reason I stopped playing it was because once you've won a few, it's kind of like, yeah, what's the point? <laughs> you know, it sort of loses, loses luster quite quickly. But I'm playing it a bit more just just before it goes. And it is, I wish they would, I don't know, keep this or keep something similar because it is a really really fun way to play those kind of old games. Um, so hopefully they they release some kind of longer term replacement, maybe, you know, playing a different different Mario game. But yeah, a lot, lot of fun of in that as well. Some good, some good shit. Hmm. I don't, I don't think they've said what is going to happen when those, like obviously they're coming down they put reminders out saying, hey, you got to play these games or buy the 3D All-Stars thing if you want it. Um, they haven't, like every, everyone kind of is like, like are they going to uh, sell those 3D games piecemeal or something after the fact. They haven't said it. All we know is that they're coming down. It's very weird. I, I really don't know what they get out of this other than some extra sales because people because of the scarcity. I don't know. I, um, very weird. Very weird behavior. Uh, speaking of the old scenario, I jumped back into the, the 3D world. Um, this past week, myself and, and my better half, um, still together, just about. Um, from the, I like it's really funny because Super Mario games are a great thing that you can that anyone can play. Basically, you can get to grips with it fairly quickly, and it's accessible. So I can understand why you would look at a multiplayer Mario game. I think this is a, this is a fun thing to do of a of a um, of, of a Saturday afternoon. Oh, it's so frustrating <laughs> to to because uh, it's. I think the key. I think what I figured out is that the game is not designed around two players. It's designed around one player, and you could just have an extra person play if you want. That's that's the way this game is made, and so it's it, it's oh, it's way more competitive than Mario Kart or Mario Party have ever been. Um, but it is still a lot of fun. Um, uh, you know, um, so we we kind of just taking it one world at a time. Uh, so we just beat World 3. So I still have a ways to go, but uh, that's a fun... It was an all right one. I think I preferred the, the other two first. But um, but yeah, um, so uh, chipping away at that. Uh, that new Fall Guys season came out since the last time we yeah. spoke. Did, did you play any of that, Paul? A little bit, yeah. I like it. I think the, the levels they've added are actually kind of uh, substantively different. Uh, in a way where I'm like, okay, this is actually this feels fresh, you know. Yeah. 
It's fun. Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, so been playing more of that. Uh, still playing Dishonored, which I mentioned last week. Uh, which you know, another little Game Pass gem. I haven't come since I talked about it last week. I haven't gone back to Empire of Sin. I I think it's just too busted to, to really bother with, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so those are the uh, those are the games for me this week. Yeah, I'm. Um, I wasn't in a really any video games mood this week. Um, didn't want to play Mario. Now I'm right like finished with it basically didn't want to play final fantasy didn't want to play stardew valley play the board game that was that was enough yeah. for me. Yeah. um so i stuck in uh, pro evolution soccer again which i've played in quite a while I had to update all my uh, jerseys again on it and uh, i'm doing a little um career mode with uh espanol in the second division in spain so i just started that there um yesterday only a few games in. Got knocked out of the cup already. I've won all my games except the cup game. Uh, I don't really care about the cup anyway. Although sometimes you know it's an opportunity to play one of the bigger teams, but uh, I, I put out my second team and I lost one nil. Um, but that's a bit of crack anyway. Um, I you know whenever I get a football a new football game for the year, I always do like the Man United career mode. But there's only so much fun you get with that I, I do like doing a little challenge a little like all right let's build up this little team see how far we can get with them get them in the champions league get some good young players in there's always first thing i do sell any player i'm mean, like paul Heyman in tna anyone over the age of 30 off at the head uh you're, you're out of the team you're sold to whoever for the smallest price and i get in like young players and i build them so that's a good bit of crack um i'm more of a a pro evolution guy than a FIFA guy. Anyway, I, I did get FIFA last year uh, towards the end of the year after when it was on sale. I just don't like how FIFA plays. I just don't get on with it. It's too. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. I don't like this the the speed of it. I, li- I like the kind of methodical chess like pro evolution where you really build your attack, build your attack, and get a goal at the end. Of it. Uh, also, I'm not good at FIFA, whereas I'm very good at PES. <laughs> so I play Pro Evolution Soccer on like the top difficulty, but FIFA on even like medium, I'm fucking losing two 0 every game. So that's it uh, for the game guff. I do have a little wrestling quiz though, if you guys want to have a crack mm. at that. Okay, let's go for it. A brand new format. Right? I don't have a name for it. I was thinking I was going to call it Risk It for a Gerald Brisket. Right. Uh, this is the closest I could get because there's an element of risk to the game oh it's not only your knowledge but also it's like do I go for that obscure answer or ooh, will I get bitten on the ass you know? okay. right. so the, I'll explain the rules they're not too complicated but just so there's no ambiguity so I'm going to there's three rounds Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you a category and you guys will take turns to give answers, right? Mm. The more obscure the answer you give, the more points you receive, right? So it's like points. However, however, no, 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 no. <laughs> if you give an incorrect answer, you get minus one point. <clears throat> and you can pass. The, the round will end when both players have passed consecutively, right? Okay. So if Barry passes and then Joe passes, that's the end of the round. Okay. Uh, you can otherwise keep going. So if Barry passes and Joe has guessed on his previous guess, Joe can guess again and string together as many answers as he, as he can get if you if Barry keeps passing. Right. Right. Okay. So I'll give you the example. Right. So 
Example category, WWF champions in the year 2000. The entire quiz this week is about the year 2000. Right. We, all, we all know our 2000 wrestling, right? Yeah. So if the if the category was WWF champions, uh, Triple H and The Rock both had two reigns. So they're top. So they would get you the fewest points. Big Show and Kurt Angle would also be correct answers. They had one each. So they would get you more points, right? So two Ooh, points, right. I'd say. Mm. If you were to say Steve Austin, you would be incorrect. You would lose one point. Okay. So he never held the title in that year. Okay. So for each of the categories, there are four tiers uh, by most to um, fewest. Mm-hmm. And um, that's basically then at the end of each round or at the end of the game, we see as the most points. Uh, and that person is the winner. Interesting. Um, so I don't know if we have a, a coin to flip or what exactly we want to do. But um, let, let Barry go first. Whoever, whoever wants to go first, Barry can go first. Sure. Okay, just give me a sec here while I look up something. Oh, la, 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 la. I just want to get the Wikipedia page up in case there is a uh, controversy, but I don't think so because I put the prep in. <laughs> so the first category, and Barry, you're up first. The first okay. category is WWF pay per view main eventers in the year 2000. So the, the criteria are people who have main evented a WWF pay-per-view, not counting the Royal Rumble. For the purposes of the Royal Rumble, we're counting the World Championship match. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And so per your, per your example, if I can get the person or people who main evented but main evented the least, I get most points. That is that accurate? Correct. Okay. Okay. I will go with Rikishi. Rikishi, that's four points for Barry. That's a that's the top the top tier. He got he only main evented one pay per view. That was Armageddon two thousand. Joe. Um, British Bulldog. Ooh, minus one point. Oh. British Bulldog did not main event a pay-per-view in 2000. I think you're thinking of Unforgiven 99. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been a good shout, man. We'll Sorry about that. Um, I will say the big, nasty bastard, Paul White. Yeah, another four points. <sighs> WrestleMania 2000. Um, let's think about this. I'll say, just to get some points on the board, I'll say Undertaker. Undertaker, that gets you two points. Undertaker right. main evented three pay per views that year. Back, on the, back in the game. Yeah, very good. Um, I will say Mr. Redacted himself, Chris Benoit. Yeah, that's a three pointer. He made it twice. Did he? I did not know. I actually didn't know the second. Bit. Fully loaded and unforgiven. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle is correct. Two points. He has three pay per view main events. Uh, I will say. Kane. Kane, three points. Is two, two main events as well. 
I'm going to say, I don't even know this is, well, this must be right. Yeah, Chris Jericho. No, Chris Jericho what? is incorrect. No what? main events for Chris Jericho in 2000. Yeah, he lost out on that, that mania, didn't he? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. A lot of people have been said. Uh, oh, this might get me more points than you may think. Stone Cold Stephen Austin. Three points. He only made yeah. about it twice. The last two of the year. Survivor Series in the army. Um, Triple H. Triple H, one point. Nine pay-per-view main Jesus events in 2000. Christ. Okay. Um, I don't think I don't think there's any more obscure ones. Um, so I will say Mick Foley. Mick Foley, two points. He may have added the first three pay-per-views of the year. Uh... I'll, say, I'll mention to you guys just that you have, right? There are three more correct answers. Okay. Okay. That did... Hmm. Hmm. I keep thinking of 99. I think this is the problem. I can't tell the difference between 99 and 10. Right. So I'm just thinking of all the 99 pay-per-views. Uh, okay. I might just go for the obvious one, but I'm trying to, trying to think. Is there anyone else? God, who would have made have ended a pay-per-view? Uh, I'll just have to go for The Rock. That's correct, but equally nine pay per view main events himself and Triple H. Yeah, yeah. One point. Oh, Barry. this is tough. Okay, I'm trying to think. Sid Foley. Who else was in that big show match? Okay. Oh. There's, I have one in mind. Okay. Um. Oh, how did I forget? Uh, uh, I, uh, ha, uh, Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon is correct for four points. Uh, okay. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And Vincent McMahon is correct for four points. That is the entire list. I'm glad I remembered that match because I was going to guess I wasn't sure if you were going to allow it. I was going to guess Michaels for being the referee at Judgment Day but I, I wasn't sure if no. that would be allowed. That would not be a correct answer. Yeah, okay. Okay, so that's round one finished. The uh, the best answers in that round were Big Show, Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon and Rikishi. One main event each. Uh, Triple H and The Rock were obviously the most. Next round, round two is WCW World Heavyweight Champions in the year 2000. So, there are a lot of one point or uh, one reigns here. There's a lot of four pointers on offer. So, Joe, you can go first this round. Okay. I'll start with um, Mr. Terry Bollet, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, unbelievably, is an incorrect answer. What? Wow. Wait no, he, he was he was doing the he was doing the jobs, brother. He's putting over the young blood, you know. In the was... year two thousand, he did not hold the world title. Wait a 
Um, I will say Mr. Vincent Russo. Vincent Russo is correct. Four points. Um, again, I'm probably thinking of 99. 99, um, possibly. Hulk Hogan, I'll tell you what, just Hulk Hogan's last reign as WCW champion was... Fuck, where was it? July 12, 99 to September 12, 1999. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'll go Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit is correct for four points. One reign. One day, I think it was. Uh, David Arquette. David Arquette is correct as well. Four points. Um, Sid. Psycho Sid. Like I said, correct. Three points. He had two reigns. Um. Okay, I knew those those obvious embarrassing ones. <laughs> the only other ones, oh, the only other ones I can think of are the ones where I feel like they had it ten million times and they were at one point each. But um, Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, one point. Yeah. <laughs> Four reigns in two thousand. Uh, Booker T. Booker T, yeah. Three reigns. Uh, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash, also three reigns, two points. Um, Scott Steiner. Oh, a four-pointer, Scott Steiner. Boom, baby. Oh, wow. Boom. I would have thought he had more. Okay. Um, uh, Goldberg. Oh, Barry gets his first minus one. There we go. Not have the. Here we go. Back in the game. Back in the game. I think there are one, two, three, four more correct answers. Okay. I'm. I'm not as sure on this, but I'll get. I need to gamble. I got to gamble if I'm going to catch up. So I'm going to go for DDP. Four point gamble. I thought he would have been a one pointer because I thought I would have assumed he had a million reigns. I knew because that was the thing about the Arquette match was that he congratulated Arquette for winning his belt. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, that was his only reign that year. <laughs> and um, in fact, if in fact, if I look here, yeah, that was DDP's third and final go on the mm-hmm. WWE title. Wow, lost to David Arquette. Um, oh, psycho super said, uh, Rick Flair. Rick Flair is correct. Uh, it's a three pointer in two reigns. So you've got one, two left. Two. Left. Oh, no, sorry, one. One left. One left. One correct answer remaining, and it's a four pointer. Um, again, I'm gonna is have to. Worth, is it worth? I'm gonna have to risk it. There's no point playing it safe. I'm going to go for Sting. No, it's not Sting. Ah, shit. Um, I have no clue. Um, Macho Man Randy Savage. No, it's a minus one as well. Uh, we, can keep, we can keep going, right? You keep going, but the, the risk is every wrong answer is minus a point. Um... There can't be many more. I feel like it's really obvious. I feel like there's really obvious ones staring us in the face again. Oh. Um, said Benoit. Said 
Um, I go yeah, one final so far. Just they have them, right? Jeff okay. Jarrett, Kevin Nash. Yeah. Go for it. Also, yeah, I was gonna uh, one last guess. Uh, Bret Hart. Okay. And Bret Hart is correct, Joe. Yes, well done. Come on, oh. come on, baby. Okay. So, I'll tell you what. It's close going into the final round. The score, I'm sorry, I didn't give the scores the other round one. The score is at the moment, Barry's in the lead, right? But it's 32 to 27. Wow, okay. Okay, no messing around. There's only five points in it. Yeah, Barry won the first round 23-8. Oh. And Joe won the second round 19-9. Wow, okay. So it's close, 32 to 27. And the last round is... WWF, right? So you can let a sigh of relief. WWF, Intercontinental, and European champions. So people who either were Intercontinental champion or European champion during the year. Okay. So, Barry, you can go first. Okay. Um, he, he did well for me last time, so I'll go Rikishi. Rikishi is a four-pointer off the bat. Um, oh, I'm going to be shit at this one. Again, I don't can't tell the difference between like 98 to 2001. <laughs> <laughs> I remember lots of champions, but God knows if it was 2000 or not. I'll go... Oh, no, he would have left then. Shit. Um... I'll go Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle gets you three points. Oh, he only had two reigns. One is in, one is European and one is Intercontinental. Okay, hold on. Val Venus, Captain Kush, or whatever yeah. the fuck he calls himself. <laughs> yeah, also a three-point. Uh, two reigns. Uh, one each as well, I believe. Lost uh, the European Championship to Kurt Angle. Mm. On SmackDown. Uh, I will go for Chris Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jericho. Only one point, though. He's top of the... He had four mm. raids. Yeah. Uh, one with the European, I think, and three with IC or something like that. Okay. Uh, Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero is correct. Again. Um, Latino Heat. Four, was this 2000? Was it 99? China. China is a four point answer. China. She was Intercontinental Champion during that Eddie Guerrero storyline. Mm. Yeah. He won the belt from her, I believe. Um, oof. Uh, Al Snow. Wow. Also, is correct. It was a four pointer. He did that European gimmick, didn't he? he yeah, I it's, it's, I saw the clip of him being English recently, and I was oh, like, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Basically uh, cheating. How's it cheating? I saw it recently. Is that my fault? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I also watched WWF in 2000. <laughs> oh, you fucker. Um, I'm going to go for Jeff Hardy. Ooh, Jeff Hardy's not correct, I'm afraid. Uh, it was 2001. Yeah. It was 2001. Uh, um, oh, we're getting into the dregs now. That European belt was yeah. held by the real scrubs. Um... <laughs> There's five more correct answers. Oh, that's three hard. of them. Three of them are worth four points. Oh, uh, I, I can only I can, there's obvious ones, and I don't want to pick them because they. I, uh, I'll just say it because I'm stuck. Uh, Jericho. Uh, Jericho's already been said, so that's an incorrect answer, right? Oh shit. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> um. Christopher Benoit. And that's a correct answer. Uh, two points, Chris Benoit. How many are left? Uh, four. Dino Brown? Oh, minus one again. Oh, what? Fuck. Dude, that was 99. That was 99. I could have sworn he, he had it early in 2000. Fuck it. No, no, no. He did not. Um, I think this person held the European Championship. Perry Saturn? That's a, that is a four point. Oh, answer, I Jeff. knew Perry Saturn as well. Oh, fuck. Um, Perry Saturn, very good. And I know he feuded with Eddie as well, so I can't even go Eddie. Um, oh, so how many have three? Three more answers, yeah. One three pointer and two four pointers. Hmm. I'm like I just as Joe said now I'm I'm getting 99 stuff in my head and I have to stop myself mm-hmm. from saying saying a name there. Uh, oh, I don't think this is right. But oh, should I? Oh God. Um, should I? Should I? Should I? Gerald Brisket. Brisket um, for a Gerald Brisket. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Godfather. Oh, the Godfather minus one. Ah, come on! That was ni- that was ninety nine as well. Uh, don't know if I'm gonna get any more. I just did. Did this person hold the title? Who knows? Um. Oh, fuck. I'm gonna assume that I'm still behind, so I'm gonna okay. risk. I'm gonna risk it and go for test. Test is incorrect. <laughs> You're right to risk it, though. I'll tell you, the current uh, score is forty-three to thirty-nine. So there's four points in it. Fuck. I think this is. Oh one, but I, I'm gonna take a chance anyway because I don't want to. I don't want to be a coward. Crash Holly. Crash Holly's correct. Oh. Four points. 
fucking... And out of nowhere one there. That's that's one that I didn't think people were going to be... I, I distinctly remember him with the European, but I was like, that, I feel like that's 01, but I... What, I... No, it was 2000. Uh, just don't check that that I haven't fucked up. Uh, so fuck up. Uh, yeah, he won at December the second, two thousand. Probably got whoever it. guessed whoever guessed test. By the way, test won at January twenty second, two thousand and one. So you're oh. just off. Mm. Uh, okay. Who held that fucking title? <laughs> <laughs> there are two, there are two more two more correct answers. I think one of them is European title and the other is Intercontinental title, if that helps. Both of you guys. Fuck. I just can't think of anyone who's likely to have held those titles. Um... I'll say Christian. No, Christian yeah. did hold the European title yeah. in early 2002, I want to say. Mm. Yeah, it was like dying days of that belt, I think. Um, yeah. uh, uh, William Regal. William Regal's correct. Ah, uh, fuck. He, he had two European title reigns in uh, in whatever year that was. <laughs> 2000. <laughs> yeah, October 16, 2000 and December 4, 2000. Either sides of Crash Holly. And uh, there's one more correct answer. Hmm. Joe, hardcore, you better hard, get it. hardcore Holly. No, not Hardcore Holly. Oh well. Oh well. Um, Matt Hardy. Oh, Matt Hardy is also incorrect. Uh, 2001, Matt Hardy. I know yeah. Um. Mm. Mm. I think who's left who's a mid carder from that era who didn't. Mm. You must have been a real scrub if you didn't win one of these belts. Okay, now. This is. I don't know if we so We've done the Hardy Boys. We've done <laughs> Christian. We've done Regal. British Bulldog. It's not British Bulldog. No. I don't think he, he He had European, I think, in 99. 99, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh... That's the thing with years. The arbitrary border from year to year. Um, I'm just like that European belt was not on pay-per-view that often as well so it's really hard to all the notable ones like Benoit, Jericho, Radicals uh, China against Rikishi who would Rikishi have beaten? Benoit of course um Uh, I don't. I I don't think it was this year, but I'll just take. No, he. No, I won't say that actually, because he wasn't even around for this year. So no, forget that. Oh no, he was. Uh, um, X Pac. 
It's not X Pac. No. That was ninety nine as well. Yeah. I nearly or uh, no, I'm not, not even gonna say the wrong answer because you might say it. Um I think I'm gonna have to pass. I can't even think of anyone, so I'll pass. I'll pass. Okay. Barry, back to you. Um Big Boss Man? No. no. <laughs> Come on. Not Big Boss Man. Not Big Boss Man. Oh, that's not a shitty little belt. He was the hardcore champion. He could carry around the European. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pass again. Okay. Barry, back to you. <laughs> it's going gonna to be like 3 2 by the end of the show. Big Show? No, not the Big Show. Joe? Hang on, if he keeps getting them wrong, I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he passes, if he Barry passes as well, that's the end of the game. Uh, Alright, pass. Pass, Barry. I knew, I knew he was going to do that. Um, I think Barry's too proud to pass. He wants to yeah, I want to get it. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to fuck myself here in the process. Right, um, well you have seven guesses if you want. Oh... No, because it's like four points. So if Joe gets it, then if I if I guess wrong five times and he gets it, if Joe gets it by your process of elimination of getting everyone yeah, else wrong. He, if I name everyone on the roster of that era and he, he gets it, um, oh, I'm trying to think. Was there any like novelty ones of the era? Like, is it one of those years? I don't think it is though. I don't think it's a year where like a woman wanted to be China uh, or a member of staff because I. I nearly said Shane earlier, but that was 100% 99, so I know that's not right. Yeah, correct, it was. Um, God. Like, again, I, 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 there's a couple of names in my head. Like, I just know they're wrong, but I want to guess them anyway. Um, we've said Edge and Christian. We've said the Hardys. The Dudleys never did any single stuff, I don't think. Too early for RBD. Cedrillo. Uh, SA Rios? <laughs> what? I, I genuinely, I'm out of like mid carters. Like, I, there's people wow, I. We've, we're, <laughs> we're already gone down the SA Rios path. He was like the light heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But again, like the European belt, everyone like you could you would win it on SmackDown and lose it on Raw. Like everyone had it. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah, like you'd win it on Shotgun and lose it. Yeah, on like it was genuinely a title that would swap on Heat or whatever. All right, Joe, are you thinking any names? Have you, something popped at your head? No, pass. <laughs> I, 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 I'll have to tap out here because I. I I'm, oh, I'm, game's I, ended. So yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll pass as well. Uh, so the final score, uh, Barry, you you are the victor of the inaugural Risket for a Gerald Brisket, uh, by a score of forty-five to thirty-eight. So it was close enough at the end. Yeah, yeah. I think Joe, you did yourself proud there after the the first mm. round. You did a quite good comeback. Just in the end, it was the the one Billy Gunn who eluded you. Um, oh, oh! I love to squeeze him. I love to hold him. Yeah, he oh. he beat Eddie Guerrero for the. Uh, for the, title, the Intercontinental title on SmackDown, and then lost it at Armageddon to Chris Benoit. You know, at the, and yes, because that's the that's the match with JR. I go, Intercontinental champion with two earrings. I don't know what that is, but you know, um, I definitely <laughs> thought 
I thought about the one Billy Gunn like at the beginning of this round, and then somewhere along the way, I just forgot in all my essay reels. Shit. All right, well, there we go. That was a good. That was a great quiz. I have to say that was that was fantastic. Um, I picked two thousand. I thought you guys would have a good uh, two thousand memory. Yeah, I think we did. I think we. I think we both did well there. To be fair. I uh, yeah yeah. You you got a lot of the obscure ones. I was quite impressed with some of those. Uh, DDP and Crash Holly. Mm-hmm. And, I wouldn't have got those. <laughs> yeah. those right, quickly, I have an email from Scott McAvoy. Go on. Uh, yet another image you've put in my head. Good evening, Paul. <laughs> Last week you mentioned that once the sun starts coming out in the spring, it's tops off and grill out time. And now I have the image of a bunch of pale white Irishmen without shirts on standing over a little tiny grill with two burgers on it. That's pretty much it, Scott. You're pretty, pretty right with that one. I'd like to hear the three of you discuss what's the most surprising thing you found out about your significant others. Uh, some skill you didn't know they had, an interest that seemed to come out of left field, or just something you looked at them one day and said, I had no idea about that. Uh, the most surprising thing about her, so, well, she's here in the room with me, so i got to be careful. Um, <laughs> I, I think the thing that, like, the, the, the superpower she has that I'm most appreciative of, I guess is like she has an encyclopedic knowledge of the Mass Effect universe. Oh. And also the Harry Potter books. Like we have a Harry Potter trivial pursuit game downstairs. And like I daren't challenge her because it would be a one-sided ass beating. We have a Mass Effect like um, art book that I got her Matthew for Christmas that she's very happy with. But yeah, like she knows even like the deep lore, you know, where you have like the codex and stuff in Mass Effect, where it's the like yeah. backstory of all the races. Like she knows all that shit. Incredible. Hmm. And I love that. Um, I don't know that I'm, I'm like that on any specific thing, but I think both of us, one thing that we share is when we get into something, um, we can get kind of like obsessive with it. Um, obviously, I've, I've all my Zelda books. I just watched 30 Godzilla movies in a row. Um, Natty has that as well. When she gets into something, we kind of get a little too into it. We get very obsessed with stuff. <laughs> so that, that's kind of... I don't know if that's the most surprising thing. Obviously, when we started going out, I didn't know that she had this like incredible knowledge of these things that she's into, but that was a nice surprise. It's something that I'm uh, a fan of. I don't know if you guys have things that you can easily come up with. Um... She makes right, damn uh, fine steak as well. I'll try that out there. <laughs> that's that's a that's a great quality in any human. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't. Um, like I, uh, uh, Brona is a very um, uh, ta- uh, talented. Her um, what's it called it's crochet, and uh, mm. basically all varieties of art and cra- and crafts and, and handy things like that. Um, just yeah. uh, very very skilled, which I greatly appreciate. I think what you maybe not, you maybe even you two wouldn't know about Michelle is her passion for um, theme parks, and roller coasters. Oh, no, I didn't know that. I did not know that. She's a, a massive theme park fan, and our big dream is to go to Japan so that we can go to Disney, uh, Disney Sea uh, yeah. in Tokyo, which is like the best theme park in the world. So that's a trip we've been planning for a while. So yeah, she, she listens to a podcast actually all about. Um, podcast yeah, I think she mentioned that before. Yeah. yeah, she's all about theme parks and, and Disneyland, and yeah. So, oh, she she grew up very close to Disney uh, Land in in Anaheim, 
just sort of 20 minutes down the road. So it sort of go, went there like as if she was going to the local park, you know, like as if we would. So, um, yeah, big, big fan of those. You'll have to go to Super Mario World. Oh, well. yes. Oh, I'd love to go there. Newly open. That looks amazing. So, yeah. Lots of, lots of interesting quirks here. The C- yeah. CSP women. Yeah, That's going to be the next the... podcast we launch. It's the CSP women's division. It's just also it's Michelle, <laughs> Rona, and Natty. Hello. <laughs> uh, there's also a wrestling pick one here, which they're all WWE lads. So I, um, we'll probably be going for their non-WWE endeavors um, mostly. But Adam Cole, Finn Balor, mm. Kevin Owens. Hmm. Well, Adam Cole is obviously infamous in my mind as having got up too fast from a tombstone on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming um, up on like one, te- a decade since that happened. Yeah, think... legitimately a decade since I complained about that for the first time. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, they're all, all three of them very good, obviously. Especially in that NXT main event style match, they've all yeah. succeeded. Uh, Kevin Owens, I'd probably say overall is probably the strongest of the three in all aspects. Yeah, that's probably my pick. I I prefer Kevin Owens over the other. I like the other two, both good wrestlers, but Kevin Owens is like just really good. <laughs> just his stuff on WWE and the bits of Ring of Honor I've, I've seen. Yeah, he's just great. I think well, he's not as good. I think he has a similar quality as as Daniel Bryan in that you can watch him be a goof in front of six people in the crowd and get something out of it. Mm -hmm. Or you can watch him have like an epic Ring of Honor main event or you can watch his WWE stuff. It's all great and it's all different. Um, Similar to to Brian. Uh, Yeah, the other two are great, obviously. No, no, Adam Cole, I don't know that he has a significantly unique thing that other wrestlers don't have. He's kind of like a great all-round modern wrestler. Finn Balor, I you know, obviously have a soft spot for. We saw him in, in the Tivoli back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, however, I I still can't, and I'm sure he doesn't do it anymore, but I still can't go, get over that he used to do his promos in like weird segmented speech where it's like, it's like Saboa Joe, tonight, you and me, we're going to have a fight in that ring. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it, I never, I never thought, his promos didn't sound like he was actually speaking, it sounded like reciting lines. But he's, he, I'm sure he's much, he's much better at it these days. Um, and obviously, all three of them great wrestlers. But I would go Kevin Owens. That's my cool. email. Cool. Uh, I've got one also from Scott. He says, "Good evening, Joe. It's been a crazy week at work, so I don't have any thought-provoking discussion topic. Instead, right. my hours at work has led me down a zombie movie hole, and I have a series of zombie-related questions for the for you and the crew." So he has um, several quick fire questions. So I'll read them out. Give me a give me a quick fire answer uh, to each one. So slow zombies that never stop coming after you, or fast zombies that chase you immediately that you can get away from. What do you wow. prefer? What's the question? What's the question? Which do you prefer? Fast. In what's like in a movie, or if they're <laughs> no. like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Take it. Interpret it either as uh, in a movie, or if you are in a real life situation. Give me both. Uh, zombie Flanders. That's my answer. So whatever he was. He's slow, I guess. Slow, I guess. Slow. Yeah, I would say fast. I would say slow in movies. 
slow in real life as well. <laughs> <laughs> run away. Um, second question: Undead zombies or virus-infected zombies? Nah, undead. Undead. Virus, yeah. virus isn't yeah. the zombie. Yeah, they're not really zombies. That's you know. If it, Even though I'll say the 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 most things that I like that are zombie related are the virus type, mm. like Twenty Eight Days Later, Last of Us. They're not zombies. Sure, not the dead. Um, actually, was that a virus? I don't know. They never said. Anyway, uh, number three: zombies used in horror movies or zombies in comedies? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. The zombie. Uh, I'd probably still say horror. I think. I'm not a huge zombie movie guy generally. Anyway, outside of Shaun of the Dead, like what is there? Like warm bodies or? I don't know uh, there's there's a horror. good bit zombie land. There's a oh, there's zombie a land. land. I don't think um, I ever saw so I can't speak to that. Uh, what's that that Adam Driver one from a few years ago? Oh, I didn't like that at all. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> Whatever that shit was called with him and Bill Murray. I don't care what it was called. I, I'll <laughs> never think of that film again. I need to look it up now, though, of course. Adam Driver, Zombie. Yeah. Uh, the Dead Don't Die. Stinker, avoid. Yeah, I never bothered watching it again. Uh, I'm gonna go. Um, I go horror. I think, yeah, horror. I mean, it's a horror concept. It's a horror it? concept. It can work for comedy, but I think horrors. Um, zombies that bite to turn you into a zombie. Uh, hang on, no wait. What? Zombies that bite or zombies that just ask you nicely. <laughs> yeah, I think he's mistyped. Zombies that bite to. Oh, zombies that bite to turn you, or zombie fluid that infects you. So is it? Would you pick a zombie that bites or a zombie that can just infect you with its A zombie that fluid. pisses on your leg. Yeah, so its blood gets in your eye and you, you turn into a zombie. That was 28 days later, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather be... If it was real life, I would much rather have to deal with the biters because it's like you're, you're, you're fighting them off and then, yeah, they, 28 days later, they spew in your face. That's horrific. Mm. So. Yeah, zombie fluid reminds me of COVID because it's just you're constantly worried about... <laughs> As, did the blood hit me? Did, did this hit me? Did I breathe? You know, I'd, if I'm being bitten, at least I know what's what. You know, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I don't like being bitten even by non-zombies. So fair enough. Fair. It's not really I'll, take the, I'll, yeah. ta- I'll take the fluid to the face if I have to. Um, zombie humans or zombie animals? I think zombie humans. Zombie animal. Like like Resident Evil style, like zombie yeah. dogs. Or yeah, I never really like those. I'd rather deal with the humans. Yeah, I think humans are a bit more unusual. And finally... Yeah, an- animals sorry, almost sound subcategory, I think. Yeah. Finally, uh, zombie by the Cranberries or anything by Rob Zombie. Oh, the Cranberries. 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 Easy. Easy. <laughs> Easy Cranberries. So, oh. Edge's 2002 theme song. <laughs> and that's my email. Thanks for that, Scott. Cheers, Scott. Um... We'll have a quick rundown through the wrestling here. Um, some stuff going on. Has anyone ever watched any content provided by Logan Paul? No. Uh, I did when there was like a, no. when he was doing that weird thing that was the trend on YouTube for a while, which is like gambling on like Counter Strike skins or whatever the fuck that little okay. cottage industry was this felt like a, yeah felt like a precursor to the current nft phrase uh but yeah so anyway he's like some annoying youtuber uh who well, we don't know who logan paul is he's like a 
boxer these maybe, days. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, he's a combat sportsman now. Him um, and his, him. Jake Paul's fighting Ben Askren, I believe. Uh, and so now, and Logan Paul's going to be involved in some capacity with Lo- with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's so weird that WWE ha- actually have their finger on the pulse for once. And, yeah. and are bringing in a, mm. a current star. I think it's it's great. Like, so yeah. yeah, I personally don't have any interest in him, but like, what like what have they been doing the last like? Uh, and, and Bad Bunny is, I guess, similar, but like, it's it's such a, a drastic change from like uh, a Kid Rock concert in the middle of WrestleMania for yeah. It's a much a bigger name in terms of actual like certainly the youth demographic. Um, I think I, I think it's only positive. I think it's it's uh, it's going to bring eyes. It's potentially going to get it's people sign up. Funny, Peacock. funny that they've got Bad Bunny and Logan Paul, and AEW has Shaq and Kevin yeah. Smith. Kevin Smith, and Jason Mewes. Oh, <laughs> who else is that? Mike Tyson. Yeah, they've got like the old the old guys. And WWE is bringing in like the relevant ones. It should be the other yeah. way around. Come on, Tony Khan. Yeah. Pull your finger out. Uh, Logan had, Paul's a big, a big guy. Yeah. He's a big guy. They had, they had, AEW had like the best friends dress up as Rick and Morty once. Oh, God. Mm. I remember that. They should, in return for that, they're like, look, we dressed our wrestlers up. They look like clowns. In return, guess uh, little Royland up on the phone there and tell him, give us a little two minute animated joke of Rick and Morty talking about how much they love. AEW in exchange for that, or get um, a guest spot on the, or get or or get them on the show. That'd be great. Rick and Morty go to a a, a wrestling show and 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 Rick believes it's real in a cruise. Code Cody does a voice because no one else would get that yeah. spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, it's just interesting that like you say they've actually gotten current stars on, which is which is good. Yeah, uh, Paul will be on Logan Paul, not our Paul, will be on SmackDown. Um, this coming Friday. No, uh, they, they couldn't afford me. No. Uh, let me see here. Uh, we got all the Peacock stuff. That doesn't really affect us, although I think it's pretty interesting. It doesn't affect us as Europeans and also people who do not watch WWE or have the network. Um, no. Apparently they've started uh, editing the network content to mirror the Peacock content. That was, that was actually probably the most interesting development to me. Yeah, so... Uh, for the uninitiated, they obviously the, the Peacock streaming service, as well as a, a litany of other issues we won't get into. Like people seem pretty unhappy with the service in general, but uh, they've obviously they've 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 kind of scrubbed some of the more objectionable uh, content from WWE's history out of the um, out of the archive, including you know you've got your Vince McMahon N word skit that's now gone. Um, the Roddy Piper blackface thing is gone. Um, and it's just it's. I think to me it's it's less interesting about those specific examples being gone and more about like how much are they going to do? Do you know what I mean? Because it kind of, like you you can't really take those and then not take the hundreds of other examples off. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and as Paul said, there people have now noticed that the the original network that we still have access to over here. Uh, there are now the changes are now being reflected on that service, which completely just a guess on my half. I imagine that there's probably because there's so much money involved, like it is a literal billion dollar deal that I'm sure Peacock are probably saying, look, you need to 
nipping the bud this idea that you can just get a VPN and watch the network. So mm. there needs to be parity between the two. So yeah, uh, big change. Like I said, I, it's it's hard to muster um, too much uh, sympathy about this because I just don't care about the network. Um, as good as the archival content was, I, this was my stance from day one, and I feel I feel somewhat vindicated, not just for myself, but just the the general mediocre performance of the network was that the current television show is going to dictate the success of the network. If I don't want to watch um, Backlash, I'm not going to get the network. It doesn't matter how how many yeah. old Raws you have. Um, so it's kind of hard to say, oh no, my archive. I want it. Yeah. One piece. You know, it's just not. That's the only the only argument I, I can see is kind of the, the preservation. Yeah. And so on. But then, from my you know my personal point of view, I I've only got so many hours left before I kick the bucket. I'm realistically not going to spend many of those watching old wrestling from back in the day. Yeah. So Look, I I, I just making quizzes about it. <laughs> as long as it's on Wikipedia, I'm grand. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I you know I'd rather it was in its unaltered form, but again, I, well, all the important stuff is up here in my memory palace. That's true. That's true. You've been watching. I remember too many detective shows. Uh, the parade's over. Here's Patterson with Frisco. <laughs> I, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Austin no. coming out and fighting the invasion. Oh, like all that stuff, I remember. I don't need to watch it. My young saggy tits. I've 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 actually never watched that clip. It's not great. Believe <laughs> it or not, I've never watched that clip. I yeah, I like wonder like, are they going to keep on like all the stuff that's maybe like not outrageously offensive, but just, like all the shitty bikini contest segments, which are yeah. very tame. Obviously, like that's the thing I've always when you when you look back on when WWE used to do that stuff, I was like, did any were people getting off to this? It's just women in like like swimsuits. Like <laughs> I didn't have the internet then. Yeah, well, but yeah, but still, it was just kind of like you know, here's here's anyway. That well, I mean, there are examples of Sable coming out with handprints on. Yeah. So, some of them were a little bit more than uh, your your mm. whatever. But I'm just wondering. <laughs> Wait, the two names that come to my head, I have no idea why. Tori Wilson and Nidia. <laughs> that was going to be my example. You're Tori Wilson and your Nidia bikini contest. Yeah, that probably happened. But yeah, but like, like will like even though it's extremely PG thirteen, you know, it's very tame. Yeah. yeah. Will, will it still be taken off because it's like okay, well look, it's it's tacky shite, you know. So will we take yeah. it off? Um, I don't know. That's that's going to be really. Will uh, you have that bit on? Um... No Mercy 06, where Willie Regal came out with a towel and flashed his knob by mistake. <laughs> that could be still on there. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I, Sorry. I, I, I wonder, like, um, so the, uh, the main thing that, that people have reported on has kind of been the, the overt racism. I, I haven't seen any reports on the, again, because this, this would be literally a full-time job, finding all the homophobia. Uh, when 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 Godfather said what England was full of to William Regal. Well, I love that that has already been removed from the network. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, every time Version. I see that clip, even even the one we just quoted, uh, Patterson and Briscoe, the parade. That that's not on the network. Is that on the network? Oh wow. Okay. I don't believe. I don't believe it is. Um, I think it's. I think it's edited off. The I think the I think the Jerry Lawler Goldust stuff is still up there. 
Um, well, that's a bit more severe. Yeah. Um, just very. Yeah, it's just very curious. Um, uh, but yeah, that's and it was it was telling straight away because obviously they're doing a a, a uh, staggered rollout of all the content and people twigged straight away. It's like okay, the pay per view archive goes back to two thousand eight, which was the year they started going hard on the family friendly PG get in bed with Mattel, that stuff. Um, Anyway, so that's the Peacock story. Developing story, to say the least. Um, uh, And then, yeah, I suppose we can chat briefly about Dynamite, um, which was a good show. Another good show. I mean, it's just, it's it's the usual. I thought the the Britt Baker promo was was fantastic. Um, Yeah, I... I I thought her delivery was quite good, but... For someone who lost the match, I thought she was a little too proud of it. Like, char- in character-wise, or mm. in whatever you want to call it, in the world of the storyline. Um, I liked when she gave Mick Foley the hokey thumbs up. That was quite funny. Like, she's, she's a star. Her, her star is made. So, as far as whatever she does or doesn't do, she's already, she's had her Becky Lynch moment, for all intents and purposes. A, um, what else happened here? Uh, there was a six man that was a lot of fun. Which one was that? Uh, Young uh, Bucks and yeah. Cutler versus Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. Good fun, good action. Like it, 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 they they do so many of those great six man tags, which I think they should. Every wrestling show should have one of those. They do so many yeah. of them that you know it, it's kind of hard to say. Oh my god, this one was amazing, but they're they're all good. Um, did Kenny come out at the end and the Young Bucks definitively kind of... Fobbed him off. Yeah. I thought Kenny's promo was very good. Yeah. It was a bit more serious than, uh, you know, he wasn't too jokey. And he actually had some motivation, so I quite enjoyed that. Got me got me in, more intrigued in their feud than just having the, the big brothers come out and beat people up and do the two sweet. Well, they came out at the end. <laughs> I know, they're still, yeah, they're still going out, but, you know, a bit, bit more meat on the bones. Yeah. Um, um, less good was uh, Hangman Page Cesar Benoni in a nothing match. Um, the Pinnacle against the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin in a nothing match. Uh, what, what did you make of the QT Marshall Cody? Oh, I'll skip that. Cody is is sailing very close to the wind <laughs> on that. Just the fact. <laughs> The fans turning on him. Yeah, I uh, I thought it was okay. The segment. I thought I think the story is intriguing enough. Um, I think QT Marshall is kind of the perfect guy to do this disgruntled. Why am I never talked about thing? Because because it's, it's true. And I, I thought it was. Right. And I, I I knew straight away it was going to be on purpose. It was a story I think when like Lee Johnson like forgot to thank him after the match. Mm. Like, like I think that is good stuff because because no one no one like even outside of the context of the character no one talks about QT Marshall even though he is effectively running that school that, that Cody has his name on you know um, right. so I like all of that stuff in general but yeah it's like Cody's like <laughs> I'm not gonna hit my finish on you and whatever the fuck <laughs> like, like I like I think QT's performance as a heel is pretty solid. But if it wasn't, you'd be looking at Cody like, shut the fuck off. Oh, my God. And plus, I think I think he is going to uh, 
he's going to really start riling people up if he keeps having to do the thing where he comes out with his headset on. Oh, I was just backstage producing. Sorry, I, I just had to interrupt. You know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. If that's even specifically this segment, but even the stuff with the uh, Cody injured in the ladder match and standing yeah. on the ramp, and Cody with Go Big Show, and Cody with his uh, reality show, whatever it's called, Roads, all roads lead to me, or whatever the name of it is. Um, yeah, I, they, he, he's, he's definitely the, 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 the thing that people complain about or have complained about with like John Cena, Roman Reigns, they keep pushing Cody down my throat all the time. You know, mm. the thing with Cody is unlike those is I'm sure Cody on a whim will turn heel and it'll be fine. I don't think they'll like resist if the fans turn, they'll just go with it. Whereas like John Cena obviously was. They were determined to keep him a baby face. God damn, his merch was making too much money. Um, Frankie Kazarian cut one of the worst promos like in living memory uh, with Christian Cage. He lost his way about three times. I forgot what he was saying. Oh, this uh, is terrible. Oh, you, uh, you, you're not uh, busy on Mondays, right? Not busy on Mondays. Oh, uh, like, what are you talking about? Oh, poor lad. He didn't know what he was doing. Yes. Yeah, the Christian um, stuff is a bit... A bit of a dud, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's already like whatever. Maybe the match will be blow away. Like if he if he gets in there and it's good old fashioned classic Christian, then that would be good. But yeah. well, you say it's early, but they haven't exactly struck while the iron was hot, so to speak. Like people, okay, people were disappointed week one with how the announcement was made and what what was it you know potentially built to be. But even what's it like two, three, four weeks later, they haven't exactly done something to rectify that. They haven't had him come out and blow the doors down. Like I could have him come out week one and have a match. Yeah. And maybe people would be more receptive. But yeah, it just seems. And then his first match to be with like Kaz, who he had a match. He had a match in TNA fourteen years ago, with, and it was good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, that match is gonna have to be really good, <laughs> and I I don't feel like it's gonna be really. So yeah, I think the the bloom is maybe already off the rose on that one, unfortunately. Uh, Ty Conti had a good showing. Nyla Rose yeah. beat Nyla straight up, which was interesting. Yeah, surprise. Am what else? Uh, uh, Darby Allen, Joel Silver made event. Good, good match, but early on in the show, the promo from oh, John Silver so annoying. He's so fucking annoying. <laughs> I, I, I like John No, Silver. how? No. Like, I... I do. It's not to like. He's great. Oh, <laughs> Johnny Hungry. I'm like, oh, this is... Ah, that's good. Even that one was good. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> and he's got the big arms, like the big muscles. Oh, he's great. I was getting ready to... Like it's been, it's been kind of growing over that because I never watched Being the Elite. I got, I got, I got the right. the gist of the bits, and I would watch the Brodies and all this other stuff. But like <laughs> the last few weeks, where they've kind of basically just been been doing more and more of that shtick on TV, and I've been watching it going, like, is this just is he just he he screams and he goes bug eyed and he breathes heavy like a WWE character. Any, any, oh no, I don't I like think, it. Yeah, I think he's just like a hyper intense muscle lad, but he's tiny. That's kind of the game. 
Yeah, I did. And, and I was getting ready to hate it, but the match was great. And that's the thing about Silver is like he's sneakily really, really good. And he got injured during it. So. Yeah, yeah. So he's hurt. So he, but he said he'd be back in a few weeks. Yeah. But uh, oh boy, that. <laughs> no, I, I, I enjoy him. Of course, if you know, if they continue to expose him too much, he's maybe going the Orange Cassidy way mm. of getting annoying. He's not there for me yet. I, I still like Johnny Hungy. Um, the BT, I, I'm the same. I never watched Beat behind being the elite. And the last few years, I kind of dipped or weeks dip my toe in. It's so fucking weird. They're talking about watching Hangman take a piss and looking at his dick <laughs> and stuff. I'm like, what is this? But um, no, the match was good and then it ended with your... God, I love a schmoz on Dynamite, don't they? But this was like the geeks ran out and had a geek fight and then it went off the air. I was like, oh. Nah, this was like um, DX versus the Corporation. That was... <laughs> just needed, just needed like, Hangman to come out with a chair and Clean out. Yeah. Um. So, oh, I'm mean, sorry. There was also Matt Seidel versus Kenny Omega, which was really good. Oh, oh that was good. Yeah. I, I was kind of buckled in for like an okay Seidel. It was actually really good. Really, really good. Really good stuff. Good uh, victory roll. Got me all. That was a great. That was a fantastic near fall. Um. So yeah. Um. I don't think there's too much. To chat about. Yeah, next week you got Kazarian versus Christian and the Arcade Mayhem, whatever the fuck they call it. Arcade Adam, uh, Miro and Kip versus the best friends. Uh, hopefully, it's it, look, maybe it'll just be really good. If it's, yeah, I, I trust they will have a wild brawl, they'll break some arcade machines. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, and a and a tag a women's tag based on the Conti match this week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I think we can call it there. Um, that is the uh, the week in wrestling and the week in our lives. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday as always with your with your weekly dose of, of, of CSP. In the meantime, you can tweet us at chairshoppod or go to chairshoppodcast.com and send us an email. As Scott did this week, as the other boys like to do on occasion. We can chat about whatever you want. You can give us a pick one. You can give us a take, a debate topic. Uh, or you can just chat to us about your life. Rest or 20 questions. Rest or 20 questions. We take we take submissions of all kinds. Anyway. Not the Crippler Crossface. No, no. Don't put moves on us. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks very much for listening, folks. It's farewell from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Paul. Yeah, and listen to my Justice League review. Oh, like, yes, up on the feed. Yes, yeah, standalone <laughs> no. spoiler face. Um, and also, it's goodbye. Mr. Joe Town. <laughs> <laughs>